salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noiser, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And I entitled this episode, Domestic Degeneracy, America Quarantine, and Following the Money. Because it's as the name implies, we're going to be doing all those things. Breaking down what's going on with the COVID-19. Talking about how we're literally being turned into degenerates. Like it's some cool thing. Yeah, yeah. Like losing our minds is the latest thing. Yeah, we get into that. We also break down what's going on with the coronavirus chaos. As well as the financial backers behind such. And what that means. We break down the social, economic, and the socio-political ramifications of it and more. But before we do so... Before we get into this fantastic episode, a few quick updates. If you guys didn't listen to the episode I did with Lori Alexander of the Global Watchman News this Sunday, you're, la- you're slacking. We compared COVID-19 to 9-11 and more. Uh, we also did a minicast this Tuesday, breaking down again the socioeconomic and political implications of the coronavirus. Uh, also, we have links to holistic medicinal protocols posts to combat the coronavirus and more below. We did an entire mini-cast to help boost your immune system as well. We're trying to give you guys as much information to tackle this beast, and if you don't want it, that's up to you. If you guys want to support this operation, support us, and do more at the same time, think about becoming a Patreon-exclusive member. All kinds of different tiers to help support this operation. And with that being said, let's start the show. Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1008, season 10, episode 8. We're coronavirus free. We don't know for how long. New Mexico has already had three presumptive cases this week. Don't worry, we'll get into the coronavirus news and everything else, the global lockdown, and all that other craziness that you see happening outside your window, we'll get into that, don't you worry. But before doing so, uh, you know, the same way I told you guys just the other week that I'm evil, that that's what the E and EJ stands for, right? Evil J. Uh, I also should feel like I should let you guys know I'm not very smart and I'm not very bright. You know, you see me try to do math on the show sometimes. I, I stutter. Uh, you know, sometimes I say things that mean something else. I try to sound smart. I'm not that smart, you know. I'm about as, I'm about as bright as a dim bulb, you know. I am as bright as a dimly lit room. That's what I was telling you guys about. That's why I like to hang out up underneath the, you know, sketchy bridges. Yeah. I find I find comfort in the, uh, I find comfort underneath the shadiest parts of bridges, like trolls. Yeah, I'm not very, I'm not very bright. I'm not. Uh, but what I am is I'm responding to a threat. You get me? I'm not very bright myself, but we're going up against people who have IQs that are clearly over 100, 180, clear and that easy, pushing 200. We're going up against uh, technocrats, Satanists, because we have some of that to get into this episode, uh, 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 Luciferians, atheists. We have uh, even, even devout people who uh, are actually Christian, but interpret the text a different way. We are going up against very, very smart people. And so, because of this, I myself am responding to that. I'm sure there's some kind of uh, psychological construct or sociological ideology that takes place to where, 
you know, because somebody comes into contact with like advanced stuff, they themselves, uh, their overall intelligence increases. You know, I think that's kind of what we're, what, what, that's what I'm trying to explain here. I myself am not very smart, uh, but because of what we're dealing with at the rapid nature in which we're dealing with it and the evolving nature thereof, I'm having to respond. This is why you've heard me talk about bringing your best forward and how the future requires the best of us, how we're living right now, you know, in a time, I don't want to say of like a, a population control or anything like that, but survival of the fittest. We're living in the future. It's 2020. If you think we can just sit here and coast through our lives in such a chaotic time, you've got another thing coming to you. So when I start this episode off by telling you guys, I'm not that bright. But I'm responding to the, the, the all-encompassing threat that we see taking place. And I had this thought, too, just the other day, you know, about uh, AI, because that's a whole nother thing. This is why I push the pro-human renaissance-based future, because AI itself is a movement, something that's taking over, automation, conformity, uh, things of this nature. The only way that I can combat AI is with the pro-human renaissance-based movement, creativity, authenticity, human divinity, and so much more. You see, yeah, I'm not that, I'm not that bright. I'm trying to respond to what we are confronted with, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why you see the shows intensifying. That's why you see me trying to uh, uh, mature my delivery method. <laughs> that's why you try to see me. Uh, we're going to eventually start having guests on uh, to, again, back up some of these claims, have their own, their, their own uh, perspectives and so much more. This is why you guys see us doing everything we're doing. Because it's not just me that's, that's, that's seeing this, this thing go on. It's not just EJ out here uh, observing the world. There are others. And so as we build the factions of freedom, the freedom faction, as we uh, increase our overall intelligence and awareness, not only of the problems, but, our, uh, 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 but also of our solutions uh, as well, we're going to get smarter. We're going to grow. Because stagnation is the cousin of death. It is, it is the uh, stagnation is 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 the cost of congress you know if you if you if you stop if you stop moving forward you're eventually going to congress you're going to regress you're you're, you're going to be stagnant that's what we're wanting these numbers with the coronavirus to do is we want them to stagnate but instead they're increasing we want it to decrease but instead they're increasing so i hope you guys understand what i'm trying to say in this uh, particular intro is i myself am not very bright man I might be, you know, that might be just me, you know, stroking my own ego, but I'm trying to let you guys know that when you step into this arena, when you really start looking at, okay, what can I do? Who are the, who are the players? Who, who, who are the players? Uh, what are the agendas? Who stands to gain? All these different things. When you really start getting your mind thinking in a completely different way, you're going to seem like you're smarter, but it's because you're really reacting to a threat. I remember talk. I'll say this and I'll start getting into uh, uh, the episode. I remember talking about this last year about how, uh, you know, it's because it, it, it's humans have to experience adversity. Like we're going to be getting into an article here soon about how millennials are developing early onset Alzheimer's and dementia because we're doing too many drugs. We're doing too many drugs. We don't care about life. It's the nihilism, the apathy. We're going, to get, we're going to get into that, but I remember talking about this last year, how, how in response to all this craziness, you begin to develop muscles, not just mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually, and so much more, but you just begin to develop a, a completely different sense. 
And because people have just been so uh, turned off, stagnant, desensitized, disenfranchised, you know, whatever you want to call it, dehumanized, it, it, because people have been living in this state for so long, they don't know how to read the signs of the times. They don't know how to read the writing on the wall. They don't know how to prepare. I remember talking about this earlier with you guys this week about how a lot of people are not mentally equipped with the faculties required to break this down, analyze it, uh, forecast, and project into the future to begin to start thinking of things that they need to do now. This is why I said 45 days. This is why, as you guys have seen us uh, 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 cover these topics, it's intensified. And so, so just to put a little bow on this, we're, we didn't just end up here. <laughs> we didn't just happen, happenstance end up here, you know. We, 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 no, a stork didn't just drop the Freedom Faction operation. This mindset has been forged through several years, and I say several because it's at least 12, uh, several on the air, four where we're doing it consistently. It's come from several years of being a hard nose grind, uh, nose to the grindstone, getting work done, looking, looking at this, doing this analysis, trying to put this stuff together. I'm not up here uh, to, to lie to you guys. I'm not up here to deceive you. I'm not up here to manipulate you. I'm out here to do what you guys have chartered me to do, and that's it. That's it. So when I tell you I'm not that smart, I'm just doing what's, what's, what is required of me. This is my part. And when I talk about things that I'm doing in my own personal life, that's just a suggestion, my friends. I would hope that even the suggestions we have can benefit you because that's all we're here to do is to help you. And with that being said, let's start the show. So, as I said before, we will be getting into the coronavirus news in the second segment. That's right. We actually did a lot of work this weekend. If you guys didn't listen to the comparing COVID-19 to 9-11 with Lori Alexander of the Global Watchman News, you're missing out. I also tried to give a quick summarized version this week, but if you really didn't listen to that, you're, you're missing out on the gold of hearing, uh, hearing us break this down in a lot of different ways, looking at several agendas, uh, looking at the spiritual implications, financial implications, and so much more. Really, really make sure you guys check that out. We were really putting together, and I have to say this, because I said this at the start of the year too, and I think it's, 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 it's what I was trying to say uh, in response to the adversity, not being very smart, and just you know, growing in response to the chaos. Uh, we're putting out some of our best work right now. Real talk. We're putting out some of our best work, some of our, some of our most like, concise, on-point rhetoric, and I really am proud of it. And I think that's why I know that we're improving, because it's not just, not just chatter. You see, like, these are actually things that people can use in their lives. We're putting together, like, presentations filled with, like, uh, uh, studies, infographics, and more. So I'm very proud of the content that we're putting out. Uh, and I think it's just crazy because this is what happens when not only you're, not, not, not only whenever you're, like, in a war or whenever you're in a fight or whenever you're, you're in a moment of conflict, but you're digging deep. And I feel like that's where some people are. We're providing our best because we understand the times that, that, that we're in, and that's what's required of us. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, let's let's start getting into the news. I'll stop ranting and we'll start breaking down all of this chaos. In this segment, domestic degeneracy, what do you think we're going to talk about? I'll just give you a quick look. We're going to talk about millennials developing on-site, early onset Alzheimer's, uh, the paradox flu, uh, Satanists protesting Catholics in Washington, as well as Corey Feldman accusing Charlie Sheen 
of raping Corey Haim when he was a child. Yeah, that's right, domestic degeneracy. This stuff that's going on in America as we're seeing other things take place. Uh, but let's start this off. We put this up March 9th. It's from Sign of the Times. It says the number of millennials with early onset Alzheimer's disease is surging, the report finds. Just last week, we reported how uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield reported on that as well. They noted it. We'll get into that. It's mentioned in this article. Uh, but before going into this, I just want to mention, I think people already understand this. That's why I wanted to start this episode off telling you I'm not that bright. I've just decided to commit myself to this type of work that refines me and transforms me to be a better individual, not only for myself, but for those around me, uh, my immediate community and the global community. You got to understand, guys, people don't think like me. <laughs> people don't think like me at all. They don't. Pe people are very sick. And we spend a lot of time breaking down the, the psychological and the sociological implications of that. And, ob and obviously delving into the spiritual aspects of it. But people's minds are atrophying. They are degenerating. We're dying inside from the from the molly to the coke to the Percocets to the DMT to the mushrooms uh, to the ayahuasca to the extreme diets, to the screen time, you know, to, 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 to so many factors lead to this. And, 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 and that's why I'm telling you, vote with your dollars, vote with your lifestyle. Begin to change things, not only your diet, but again, your lifestyle. Begin to change things so you can fix those patterns. Modern society is killing us. But let me get into this article. It says the number of Americans being diagnosed with early onset dementia and Alzheimer's disease at younger ages is surging according to a new report from the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Dementia and Alzheimer's disease traditionally have been considered a concern for older generations, but recent spikes and early onset of these conditions in Americans as young as 30 suggest a different story. Between 2013 and 2017, early onset dementia and Alzheimer's diagnoses increased 83% among commercially insured Americans aged 30 to 44, according to a report released by the healthcare insurer. That age group includes the oldest millennials. Overall, early onset diagnoses increased by 200% among commercially insured Americans between aged, ages 30 to 64. Uh, that includes a 50% jump among those aged 45 to 54 and by 40% uh, by for those aged 55 to 64. The average patient was diagnosed at 49, Quote, the result of this report are the results of this report are concerning, especially the increase in early onset dementia and Alzheimer's among younger people. Dr. Richard Snyder, chief medical officer, chief medical officer for Independence Blue, Independence Blue Cross, said in a statement, quote, while the underlying cause is not clear, advances in technology are certainly allowing for earlier and more definitive diagnoses. Regardless, those who develop dementia or Alzheimer's at an early age will likely require caregiving, either from family members or healthcare providers. The time, cost, and impact on families can be significant and can require additional support at, these di at the disease progress. Uh, diagnoses rates were higher in the East, South, and parts of the Midwest. It says that women also made up 58% of the diagnoses. Alzheimer's, the most common type of dementia, begins with mild memory loss, eventually progressing to the point where victims can no longer hold a conversation or respond to their environments. Symptoms generally occur after age 60. Early this year, researchers said a vaccine that both prevents and treats Alzheimer's could be ready for humans in trials within 18 months. So think about that. They're saying that Alzheimer's begins when people have mild memory loss, their inability to hold conversations or recognize their environment. 
What happens when you're walking down the street and you got your phone? How many times do we talk about people just disassociating from reality because of funny cat video or, or, or a cute meme? And I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious for a reason. But really think about this. Where is humanity going with modern society just, you know, uh, scrolling down, playing that social media ro- roulette, hoping that they can get new information? And I'm guilty of it, too. But this is, again, why I try to tell you we have to use their tools of enslavement as tools of empowerment. Think about all the things that you've accomplished while being on social media. Think about all the things you've done (laughs) in that hybrid existence we now have, where you have a digital life as well as a physical life. Are you really cognizant of what you're doing, of what you're participating in, of what you're contributing to? You see, the number of millennials with early onset Alzheimer's disease is surging. Let's just read some of these comments. Uh, probably most likely magnesium and, 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 and B vitamin deficiencies over the years of abusing dopamine and constantly on phones while eating crap food. Thank God for lion's mane to help prevent, re, help reverse and prevent this crap. That was one of the comments said by Charles S. Uh, Shine with Chanda says, you think when you inject the population with, a, with aluminum and spray us overhead with aluminum, what did they think was going to happen? That was said by Sean with Shonda. And, and, and the list goes on. You know, the list goes on. I am Conjure Queen says how to remedy this problem with reading, puzzles, drinking herbs like ginkgo root, walnut, ginseng. We have some of that and a few others. Keep your brain active while solving problems. This reversed the tissue and also prevents it. I speak on natural remedies and solutions on my channel when YouTube doesn't take it down. Big Pharma doesn't like that type of stuff. Shout out. Shout out to you, Contra Queen. You guys go check her out. And I think that's crazy, too, because just last week, we ended the episode talking about neuroplasticity, why it's important for people to start thinking productive thoughts, creating uh, healthy habits, better, better, uh, uh, better behaviors, and so much more. Neuroplasticity, your thoughts create the structure of your brain. But if you're over here just trying to, again, disassociate from reality, oh, deny what's happening, oh, re- remain ignorant, well, what the frick you think's going to happen after a while? What do you think is truly going to happen when your entire life and existence has been based in ignorance and denial? You truly do not know. And I, and I remember freaking out last year, uh, coming to this realization as well, that I can't really be mad at people because they don't know what's going on. They don't know that they don't know. <laughs> and I can't be mad at them because they don't want to know. And so when we're, when we're having this conversation, basically, we need to really understand th- that we're, we're basically asking the question of who are we working with? Um, we're working with people who, who actually want to know, people who want to start making these changes in their life. That's when you have to ask the question of are we going out there trying to wake people up? You know, Is it worth it? That's a whole different discussion for a different day, but I think you guys get the point of talking about early onset Alzheimer and dementia afflicting our generation. Now, if that's just the mental decay, the mental degeneracy that we're going through, again, think about the spiritual atrophy that we're experiencing. Very, very dangerous. But for the sake of time, we can't get into this. But what we can get into is this right here, the flu paradox. We're having discussions about the flu versus the coronavirus because people are saying, treat this like the flu. We're going to speak on that. A whole little schism and everything with that here in this 
here throughout this show. Uh, I just want to tickle people's brains while we think about it. Domestic degeneracy. Well, nobody's really talking about why in God's name we're all this sick in the first place. They just want to run us around and start injecting people with shots. Basically, for the past six weeks or so, we've been promoting alternative and holistic uh, medicinal uh, 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 protocols that people can take, different ways that they can build their immune system and more. But right here asks the right question. This comes from Jeffrey Gratter over there at Now the End Begins. He put this up March 9th. It says the flu has killed 20,000 people, 20,000 Americans this season alone, and no one is panicking. So why is this lonely coronavirus causing the stock market to crash? It says nothing about the coronavirus remotely approaches any of the metrics for something we should all be terrified of. Yet the stock market is crashing, oil prices are dropping, and panicked customers picking the grocery store shelves bare are beginning to hoard supplies. It's a real virus, but it's also a false flag. The headlines on Drudge Report this morning, a gathering of news headlines from around the world, are all screaming a single united message. That message is that the coronavirus is a plague of biblical proportions and has already begun to destroy indiscriminately and on a global level. The only thing is, it's not only doing anything remotely close to that. So why is everyone so terrified? Then we have another quote here from uh, the Bible. It comes from Luke chapter, 20, Luke chapter 21, verse 26. It just quotes, Men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are, con- which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. If you want something to be afraid of, here's something to keep you up at night. During the current cold season here in America that is still ongoing, the flu has killed over 20,000 people with 136 children numbered among the fallen. Think about that. 20,000 Americans dead from the flu, yet no one is calling for any flu sufferers to be quarantined. No emergency measures or of any being being taken. They want you to be afraid of the coronavirus. But why? Let's think about that. It says the CDC said that so far this season, 34 million people have gotten the flu and about 20,000 have died. Of those who died as of February 29th, 136 were children. The CDC said said it in its weekly flu report. The CDC said that the hospitalization rates among younger children were the highest on record, surpassing rates reported during the 2009 pandemic. Liberals and families said that a good crisis should never go to waste. And that's exactly what we're experiencing right now. And we, we certainly can presume that that includes a manufactured crisis as well as an organic one. This is not a new phenomenon. All the way back to the end of the 19th century, the rich and the powerful were creating them left and right. Back then, it was called yellow journalism, the fake news of that day. So as Jeffrey Gratter puts it right there, people have to understand this is both a false flag and a real concern. What I've really been trying to illustrate to people that and I talked more about this when I said comparing COVID-19 to 9-11. The first initial impact is Tower 1, the outbreak in China. That's when we're asking, is it race-specific? Is it age-specific? And as we're sitting here uh, marveling over what's happening in awe, the bad kind, Tower 2 hits, boom. We begin to see this disease spread. And we're like, oh my God, I can't even believe that a, a virus would happen in the first place. How could that happen? And a virus spreading? Our minds can't comprehend it. We're completely unaware that Tower 7, the socioeconomic and the sociopolitical implications, has already been hit. They're politicizing this event. We need a bill. Shut down. Lock down everything. Don't you worry. We'll get into the coronavirus and stuff like that and more. But keep this in mind. 
The flu did not close all these trade shows. We'll, we'll talk more about that in the second segment because people really should, should, should keep that type of stuff in mind. We'll get back to the coronavirus, you know, the, the, the similarities with the flu and stuff like that and more. Don't you worry. But uh, why is this in the domestic degeneracy part of the show? Well, good Lord, why are we all getting sick? Why do we have, why do we, why are we all living in such a toxic environment? Why do we all have immunocompromised systems? Why is the concept of, 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 of uh, vitamin C, uh, holistic practitioners, why is that so nasty? You see, they want us to be scumbags. I mean, just before coming on to the air, I remember reading an article about how uh, some, of the, some of the treatment procedures in California are really, really terrifying because they're just letting people kind of come and go. And so that makes me think about, you know, the transmission rate, the homeless rate, you know, the, the feces, all the stuff that's going on over there. And so I'm just saying, what is going on? Why have we gotten to this point? Why, <laughs> why, why do we try to tout this healthcare system as if it is like the pinnacle of human uh, uh, excellence and we can't even get anything done? I'll, I'll save my criticisms for later. But, but, but just to get back into the point, back into domestic degeneracy, as we're still talking about the coronavirus in some sense, right now you have worshipers from the Satanic Temple in Washington State holding a demonic ritual ceremony on the Capitol steps during the 2020 legislative session as Catholics protest. You have Satanists and Catholics protesting one another amid a corona, coronavirus outbreak out there in Washington State. So just think about this, and this is a, an angle that I've kind of wanted to co cover, that I've kind of wanted to speak on, that I, uh, I wanted to uh, bring up, but I think people kind of inherently get it. Heaven forbid Antifa or any of these type of people get their hands on a modified strain of the coronavirus. Heaven forbid anybody from this group contract coronavirus and then become weaponized themselves. You get what I'm saying? Heaven forbid we actually reach that point. And that's what people need to think about. We don't really think about the different vector points, the mentality, uh, and, and, and the mental state of a lot of people. When I tell you that we're living in a time of, of, of accelerationists, extremists, obviously Satanists, you know, people that really could care less about themselves and more, this is the time frame. Some people even commented, well, of course they would want to hold a, uh, a, 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 a protest, forward slash ritual. They want to harvest the fear. Of course they would like to do these types of things. Here, let me get into this article. It comes from Now the End Begins. Uh, we just put this up March 11th. It's by Jeffrey Grider. It says, Satanists from the Satanic Temple of Washington State drew a crowd of protesting Roman Catholics Friday as they, as they hoisted their pentagram and conducted a satanic ritual on the state capitol Friday, March 6th. According to their site, quote, the Department of Enterprise Services granted the Satanic Temple of Washington a, per a, per a permit to perform an invocation during the current legislative session from noon to 1 p.m. March 6 on the north steps of the legislative building. The event took place as, the, as scheduled with the Roman Catholic protesters pleading, to the, pleading for the Virgin Mary to, quote, do something as the Satanists from the Satanic Temple cast their spells. What a scene, man. Like a chick track come to life. Quote, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins. 
and that ye not be of her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Revelation chapter 18, verses 4 through 5. Isn't it interesting to see how the book of Revelation tells us that not only will God throw Satan and his followers into the lake of fire, but also shows us the utter destruction of the Vatican and the Roman Catholic Corporation as well. I think it's mind-blowing that God puts Satanism and Roman Catholicism on pretty much the same level. Think about that a while. The Satanic Temple is the obvious choice for the burning fires of hell. God will put all false religion there, including the Roman Catholic Church as well. God is no respecter of persons. And, no, and one false religion is just as bad as the other. Congregants from the Seattle-based Satanic Temple of Washington State drew a crowd of prayerful onlookers Friday as they hoisted their pentagram and conducted a satanic ritual at the Capitol Friday, March 6th. And this next part comes from, uh, what was this? Bainbridge Island Review. Now, before I get into that, I just have to keep this in mind, let you guys know that basically what we're kind of casually talking about not only is the gradual rise of Satanism, I mean, you can go watch it over there on uh, uh, Hulu, right? They have their uh, they have their documentary, Hail Satan? Question mark. Not only is this documenting the rise of Satanism, but again, just the spiritual and moral decay. You could even say the intellectual decay, because I mean, there's this this whole thing with the coronavirus going out, and these guys are thinking it's a great idea. But this is just emblematic of the times that we're in. Let me read this real quick. It says, and again, this part comes from the Bainbridge Island Review. It says, Catholic groups and followers of followers caught wind of Satanist celebrants and showed up to sing and pray in the name of Jesus. Some younger Catholics held a sign that read, Satan has no rights. Satanic Temple affiliates such as, such as Justin Harvey, John Ashby, said their event was about promoting religious plurality. He said he believes Satanic beliefs have been misunderstood and viewed as, quote, gro- grossly perverse, and that their, their primary values are empathy, reason, boldly autonomy, and justice. Yeah. Satan offers liberation. Or so they say. Or at least that's what uh, we're told, right? The Satan, Lucifer, he's here to bring the light to free us. Right. Free us from our bondage. This is America 2020. This is America 2020. So to begin to close out this segment with more domestic degeneracy, check this out. Corey Feldman has accused Charlie Sheen of raping Corey Haim when he was a child. That's right. It says in the My Truth documentary, the one that Corey, uh, Corey Feldman put out, uh, earlier this week, Corey Feldman alleged that Corey Haim told him he was raped by Charlie Sheen on the 1985 set of, quote, Lucas. Sheen has denied the claims previously and does not issue a new denial in the film. Think about that. And that sucks, man. I actually like Charlie Sheen. But just like everybody else over there in Hollywood, they're satanic pedophiles. And, you know, just the same way that uh, they promote empathy, compassion, boldly, autonomy, and justice, right? Isn't that uh, self, self-exaltation? Liberation, right? Very, very crazy. You start thinking about uh, what these people are pushing. This goes from Aaron Walia 
They put this up March 10th. It's over there on Collective Evolution. It says Corey Feldman recently premiered his new film, My Truth, The Rape of Two Corys, where he finally publicly named names. A project that was three years in, in, in the making finally premiered March 9th, 2020, commemorating the death of his best friend, Corey Haim. In the documentary, six people were accused of abusing him as well as his close friend and child star, Corey Haim, when they were children. Corey still feels that the pedophilia is actually one of the biggest problems within the industry. Corey has been speaking out about the issue for quite a long time and has been accused because he didn't name any names. But this all changed last night. One of the people Feldman accused was Charlie Sheen. He claimed in the film that Sheen was responsible for the rape of Corey Haim when he was a child. This allegedly took place on the set of the film Lucas, which premiered in 1986. It was written and directed by David Seltzer and starred Sheen, Haim, and Feldman's Goonie star, Carrie Green. Since the online screening of Feldman's documentary failed due to technical issues, a tweet from journalist, author, journalist and author Amy Kaufman, who was one of the attendees at the L.A. theater screening, revealed the name in the film. Sheen has been accused of raping deceased actor Corey Haim before, but he has always denied allegations. Casey Jordan, one of Sheen's former partners, said, quote, It's kind of like O.J. He gets away with murder. Charlie gets away with, you know, being the party boy and whatnot of Hollywood. And I think that just somewhat falls in line that it makes it okay, when it's probably, in fact, of course, not. In November of 2017, the National Enquirer also published a, re a, a report painting Sheen as a pedophile, claiming that he allegedly sodomized Haim and was responsible for sending him down a drug-fueled spiral. Documents obtained by TMZ indicate that Sheen later sued both the National Enquirer and Dominic Brescia. Sheen officially sued for defamation and false light. He also put out the following statement in December of 2017. He says, in, quote, in my nearly 35 years as a celebrated entertainer, I have never been I have been nothing shy of a fortnight noble and valiant courier of the truth consistently admitting and owning a laundry list of shortcomings, wrongdoings, and indiscretions that Traveler hath traveled. However, every man has a breaking point. In the documentary, Feldman recalls the story that Corey Haim told him about the incident with Sheen. Quote, this wasn't like a one-time thing, he said in passing. It wasn't like, oh, by the way, this happened. He went into great detail. A crying Feldman said in the documentary about Haim, who died from pneumonia in 2010. Quote, he told me, Charlie, I don't want to say... This next part, because it is very graphic. Haim was 13 and Charlie Sheen was 19 when they worked together on the film of film set of Lucas. Yeah, if you guys want to read about that, it's kind of gross. It involves trailers, Costco oil, uh, and other stuff that I don't want to say. Yeah. Yeah, uh, very, very graphic wording. And it's a very simple sentence, and it's very gross. But continuing on, it says, Thus far, no new statements have come from Charlie Sheen following the new allegations. Feldman has said prior to the film's release that he was worried about one of the names he was going to mention and that it was as big as Harvey Weinstein, who recently got jailed. That's right, you're going to prison for 23 years, you dirtbag. Uh, it would be logical to assume that he was referring to Sheen. This is perhaps why Feldman was so keen on raising money for security and legal support following the release of the film. Then it goes on to talk about the bigger issue in Hollywood, which we all know is pedophilia and more. And this is what I mean by domestic degeneracy. This is why I'm here. Good Lord. Be as much as I love Charlie Sheen, it's not so much Charlie Sheen that I worried about or that I liked. I think it's the industry yourself that you know something's messed up about. 
The same way that you hear people saying, hey, I'm not from this world. That's right. You're here to make it a better one. It's not Charlie Sheen I'm worried about. It's the industry. That's why we're here is because we know about the satanic pedophilia. We know about the chemtrails. We know about the GMOs. We know about the vaccines. We know about uh, the Monsantos. We know about all this crazy stuff, the genetically modified babies. The genetic, We know about all this stuff, the satanic super soldiers, the satanic pedophilia. We know about all this stuff. We are, were literally put here in this position to start exposing this stuff so we can start doing better. This is degeneracy. This is, this is, this is what I keep talking about, us not regenerating at a fast enough rate. And unfortunately, this is why some of these people in the upper echelons believe that they have the right to do these things. They have the right to kill us and go through this extermination agenda. But you see, again, this is why we're here to consciously be aware of these things, to fight them so that we do not engage in the culture that they're giving us. It's a culture of death. It's a culture of degeneracy. This is not one that acknowledges the divinity. This is not one that says pro-humans. This is not one that exalts God above all else. No. This is the one that worships man, that worships law, man's law, that worships all these things. They keep us off of our toes. They keep us off, ba- off balance, off kilter, and not centered. This is, again, what I mean by domestic degeneracy. So, yeah, Satanists going around protesting people. You know, Corey, uh, 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 Charlie Sheen running around, having tiger's blood, raping all kinds of people. Harvey Weinstein ending up in jail. I mean, shucks, just for the sake of continuity, I feel like I should get that up, you know, just so we can have that on record. Um, (laughs) Good Lord. And this is, again, the culture that is in Hollywood. I'm not even going to read a whole lot of it. I'm just going to mention it right here. Harvey Weinstein sentenced to 23 years in prison after rape conviction. This comes from Signs of the Time. They put this up March 11th. It says, Disgraced producer Harvey Weinstein was sentenced to 23 years in prison Wednesday in a Manhattan court. Weinstein was hit with a 23-year sentence, according to, to the Associated Press, which is just six years under the maximum sentence he could have received. Weinstein was, one, was convicted of rape in the third degree and committing a criminal sexual act in the first degree last month. And so as I close this segment out, before we go to the coronavirus, I was going to start talking about Joe Biden, you know, and, 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 and uh, what's his name? Bernie Sanders. But then I, I thought to myself, God, I don't want to waste time talking about these two old farts. You got one guy that can barely remember anything and then one guy that wants to take everything. I don't want to talk about this. This is where we've gotten. Now, what better yet? If I say this, I think this is a better way for me to close out this segment. I have I have I have clawed fought, scratched, tooth and nail to be here for everything I've gotten. Made myself better, trying to make myself better every single day. I ain't asking for handouts. That's why I get upset whenever I have to say, hey, join our exclusive members program. Do all these things. Support us, support us, support us. I'm not the type to look for handouts. I'm the type of person to build something up and say, if you want it, go ahead. If not, there's the door. But what's happening these days, and this is what happens when you teach obedience, submission, and control. What's happening these days is people are looking for handouts. People expect for their success to be given to them. They don't want to dig deep. They don't want to do the work. That's very dangerous. So when I'm talking about domestic degeneracy, what do you think, living in a world like this over extended periods of time, what do you think that's going to do to people's psyches? How do you think people are going to feel? Are they going to feel empowered? Are they going to feel incentivized towards success? Or are they going to think that in order for them to be successful, they've got to get the clothes, the cars, the drugs, the drow, you know, they got to kill, cheat, steal, and murder. They got to do all these things. 
This is what happens when you take out like God, when you take out spirituality, when you really take out things that, that, that remind humanity of their fallen nature, right? But there is something within us that is even greater than where we are. This simple, this simple uh, uh, dichotomy that we play in our, inside of our brains, this revives or, or, or resurrects something even greater in us that has been through, with us throughout time. But we're not having that happen these days, are we, gang? No. We're being told to be chicken-necked, scumbag, degenerate pieces of garbage that like gutter trash. That's not cool. I don't want to like gutter trash, man. I want to appreciate paintings. I want to appreciate great works of literature that explain uh, uh, the human condition and more. And describe to me the beauty that is God. That explains to me and exalts not only our culture, but the histories and how we've evolved and gotten to this point. I don't want to be relevant because what? I like taking mushrooms and doing things like this. You see how we're just living in this perverse, degenerate world and how it's just really destroying the concept of knowledge that is supposed to empower and enrich us. It's very dangerous. We're on a slippery slope. And I just I get angry because I'm just here to help. But speaking of help, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be coming back on this episode of, I was going to say a season eight, but it's not season eight. When we come back, we're going to be talking about AmeriQuarantine, coronavirus chan, all the crazy stuff that's going on with the coronavirus. Yeah, uh, I have a lot of videos to play for you guys. It, 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 the note that I have set up here for it, it's very lengthy. So I'm just going to try to shut up as much as I can, play videos for you guys, interject when I can break down the coronavirus, American, America going underneath quarantine, uh, and other things that I see taking place. Yeah, the world that we're entering into, 2020 is crazy. The future is here, and I don't think we're going back. But like I said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be getting, getting into this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom, and we'll be right back right after this. Forces in this world that remind us of how fragile we are. We thought we were safe. We thought it could never happen to us. Then life like a fog descends upon us, blanketing our memories. Through the haze we travel its hidden paths, lost in its secret places. And when the storm, turbulent and immovable, forces us to shelter, we remember. It calls to us, calls us back, back to the ports and the harbors of our past. We fight the currents that pull and drag us off course, not a light or star to chart the way. And when we arrive, we don't always know it at first, the places we once loved guised by time. Then we see it, the place we've been trying to get back to. Safe at last, we've found our way home.
America quarantine. Welcome back. Salutations. Greetings. Welcome back to America quarantine. Where we're going to be talking about coronavirus Chan and how coronavirus Chan has entered into the chat. Coronavirus Chan. Coronavirus chat. You know, I was at the. I took out, I took out uh, my lady. We went to uh, this nice little Mexican restaurant, and <laughs> uh, they 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 had this live band playing. You know, one of them comes up to me in between the break. You know, they're like, "Oh, you guys look happy. Like, hey, how's it going? You're not affected by coronavirus." It's like, "Hell no, we're not corona. No, no, no we're not affected by the coronavirus." And so he, he elbows me. I hug him. You know, um, and he's just like, you know, the Japanese, they had it right with the whole <laughs> just bowing thing. And I said, oh, yeah, oh, sorry. And so we just started like bowing to each other <laughs> in the restaurant. Like, oh, oh, it's like, oh, I have no, I don't, I don't have coronavirus, Chad. And I hope I don't seem like I'm being like extremely racist because I know there's a lot of attacks happening to uh, Asian Americans. Gun sales are up for Asian Americans because of this thing that's going on. But I say that to say that, you know, they, they did have it right. Nothing wrong with bowing. <laughs> it's, it, it is, it's a sanitary way <laughs> to, to show, uh, just to acknowledge somebody. It's a nice way to say hello. <laughs> so, sayonara. Uh, uh, konnichiwa, coronavirus chan. So, I need to stop, dude. But you get what I'm saying. Um, this, this really has a lot of people worried. There's no real way to talk about this without sparking some kind of fear in people's hearts. And so what I, what I appreciate happening now uh, is a lot of people were saying, oh, coronavirus is a hoax. Coronavirus is a hoax. Coronavirus is a hoax. And now you don't really hear those people talking. If anything, what's happening is you hear, uh, you, you, you see posts coming out trying to downplay it, comparing it to the flu as we did before in the previous segment. You see them trying to put out talking points saying, hey, downplay this, downplay this, downplay this. I actually appreciate that because it offers a, a healthy counterpoint to people like myself who are literally freaking out about this. We're going to be reading stuff from Dr. Liz Specht. Uh, I read a little bit of that uh, this week on Instagram Live with you guys, but we're going to read it in its entirety so people get a breakdown of what's going to happen. Thankfully, because, you know, and I say thankfully because the 5D chess of all this other crazy crap stuff is, is, is nuts. But thankfully, because, you know, Trump is putting us kind of in this emergency, we're going to start reacting to things. The infection rate's going to go down. It's, 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 it's crazy. I'm not calling for martial law. I'm not calling for forced vaccinations. I'm not calling for quarantine. I'm not calling for gun confiscations. I'm not calling for any of the kind of crazy crap that we see going on in China. I'm trying to say that something needed to happen in order for the infection rate to go down. For the, for the weeks that we've been talking about it, that's why I've been telling people, you know, go get your, your immune system up. I've not been promoting vaccines. I've not been promoting uh, antibiotics. I've been promoting, if anything, antivirals, uh, uh, herbal medicines, extracts, things like this. I'm really, really trying to let you guys know my point of view before we get into talking about all this crazy stuff. Because regardless of how I feel, there are things taking place outside of our control. And so when you talk about the Smith Modernization Act... Uh, uh, legalizing propaganda, you know things like uh, like Operation Mockingbird. Uh, when you when you talk about the global health security agenda, them basically saying, "Hey, we're going to create this whole nationwide database 
on vaccine in, uh, implement, implementation, uh, when you have them removing religious exemptions for people to get the vaccines. If you don't really pay attention to the history of how they're walking this up to this line, you really can't you really can't see uh, what your options are for one and what their end goal is for two. And so what we're going to be getting into here in America in America quarantine talking about coronavirus Chan is all this crazy stuff. Uh, as I've said before, I try to mention it in passing in the first segment. It's not necessarily the virus that we need to worry about. I'm, I'm just saying it like this. There's more to this, more to this virus than the actual disease. There are other things taking place that we really should be careful of. Uh, my God, just yesterday, I ordered a whole nother four week supply of emergency food. I saw Trump's response. Like here, here's, I'll say this and I'll start getting into the topics. Here's how my yesterday went. Right after I get done getting all the episode stuff together and putting all getting all the videos and things together, I come home and then I, I see it happen on KRQE News. New Mexico has three presumptive cases. Uh, somebody that came into contact from somebody from Egypt and then another one that I, I guess came back from Iran. I'm not sure. And then I was like, oh, my God. Wow, that's crazy. And then I see my governor, Michelle Luann Grisham. She has a she's she's holding a press conference, putting us into a, a, health, a public health emergency. And so I'm like, good Lord, okay, this is, a, this, is, this is interesting. Maybe I start doing some digging locally. I finish watching that transition or that transmission. I do something around the house for a bit. And then uh, Donald Trump's going live talking about the coronavirus and the different things that they were going to do. So I, I'm, I'm watching these things take, pl- take place. You know, I told you guys too earlier this week that, I had, that, 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 that we had to cancel our cruise that we were going to take next month. Seeing all these things take place, I'm just like, you know what? F it. If I'm not going on a cruise, I'm buying storable food, and we're and we're getting sheltered in place. We're getting we're getting we're getting prepared, uh, and that's it. That's 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 the story. <laughs> and so I woke up this morning. It's now Thursday, February th- uh, February 12th. Tomorrow will be Friday the 13th. It's February 12th. Um, and and it's just it's just crazy to kind of see this evolve. I woke up today. And Diamond Princesses has canceled all of their cruises for the next two months. So earlier this week, I'm freaking out about the cruise. Are these people going to refund me my money? By the end of the week, you know, I don't know. If, uh, I'll deal with them later. But you get what I'm saying. This is nuts. The entire world is going into lockdown. Not just America, but the entire world. We'll get into Italy and everything else here as well. Uh, but just really understand what's happening. This, the flu did not shut all this stuff down. And I think that's why I had to casually mention it, and we'll mention it more in, in, in the segment. But the flu did not have this, this, this kind of response. There is something particular about the mutation, the transmission rate of this virus that's got the entire world scared. People smarter than me. <laughs> so I'm going to listen to them. And with that being said, let's start getting into America quarantine. Now, in the first half of this, like, this, this, this segment, I'm going to basically be talking about like other countries, <laughs> other countries. And then I'm going to happen to talk about what happens here in America. Uh, we're going to talk about vaccines, China threatening the U S uh, UK, Moscow, it, uh, Italy. We're going to be talking about all this type of stuff. So let's get into the, 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 the flagship for this segment. Uh, towards the end of 2019, December of 2019, there was a fantastic video that came out 
from scientists that were working at the World Health Organization saying we have a very shaky front line when it comes to vaccines. I made the tongue-in-cheek kind of joke saying, hey, it's kind of crazy how the World Health Organization admits that people don't trust vaccines anymore, and then out of nowhere, we have this bioweapon released uh, where we would have to trust vaccines in order to get it cured. I think that's kind of strange, don't you? Let me play for you guys a quick clip. This comes from the Epoch Times by Conan Miller. Uh, They put this up March 10th. It says, fears of loss of public confidence expressed at the World Health Organization vaccine conference. It says, vaccine programs depend on public confidence, but trust is failing fast. One of the leading experts of vaccine confidence warned that without better science and a major shift in vaccine communications, vaccine programs could lose their most important supporters, doctors. Dr. Heidi J. Larson heads the Vaccine Confidence Project at the University of London's uh, London School of Hygiene and Topical, Tropical Medicine. The project aims to analyze concerns about immunization and steer the public towards sustained confidence in vaccine programs. But Larson says that, vac- that confidence in, in vaccines is waning. Larson made that comment at the last World Health Organization Global Vaccine Summit in Geneva, Switzerland in December of 2019. Quote, we have absolutely different publics than we did 10 years ago. Larson told the summit attendees, which included leading figures in vaccine programs and research, quote, they're demanding much more engagement, much more answers. When the vaccine schedule included just six vaccines, Larson says the public was on board. But over the years, something changed. As the number of vaccines climbed, public support began shifting rapidly. In order to get some sense of the rise in vaccine skepticism, Larson worked with scientists at the George Washington University to analyze various vaccine groups on Facebook. And then they just badmouth them there from, from then on on. But what I'm going to do for you guys instead, spare you the, the, the trouble of hearing me talk, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you listen to the chief scientist at the World Health Organization. She's a pediatrician, uh, Dr. Sumya Swaminathan. And she talks about, again, that, that faulty front line, people not trusting vaccines. Because there are millions of different ways to boost your immune system. You don't have to contract these viruses. If anything, we end up becoming the test subjects for these things. And again, people don't know about the vaccine injury funds. You can get affected by these. The, the science is not settled. So here, let, let me play for you guys this quick clip, and then we'll go from there. I want to emphasize the fact that, that we really don't have very good safety uh, monitoring systems in many countries, and this adds to the miscommunication and the misapprehensions because we're not able to give clear-cut answers when people ask questions about the deaths that have occurred due to a particular vaccine, and this always gets blown up in the media. Uh, one should be able to give uh, a very factual account of what exactly is happening, what the cause of deaths are, but in most cases there's some obfuscation at that level, and, and therefore there's uh, less and less trust then in, in, in the system. Putting in place the mechanisms, whether they're cohort studies or whether they're sentinel surveillance sites, to be able to uh, to monitor uh, what's going on and report back and then for corrective action to be taken because unexpected things could arise uh, after introduction and one always has to be prepared. As we've seen you know, in the history of many drugs, you've, uh, you've heard about, I mean, learned about adverse events. So we are emphasize the fact adverse that... Adverse we... effects. Just keep that in mind. I will. I'm writing it down as we speak. Adverse effects. This is said by the chief scientist, the, P- the chief scientist at the World Health Organization. Adverse effects after introduction. So it's like, oh no, we we know there are adverse reactions as soon as stuff happens, but we we try to keep that down to a minimum. 
Keep that in mind whenever we start talking about vaccines for the coronavirus and why I am definitely not trying to push for that at all. And why we should be very weary of anybody that pushes that type of nonsense. The virus just came out and they were already trying to talk about having a vaccine together for it. The thing is mutating at like an exponential rate and they're thinking, hey, let's just start testing on the public. I mean, I think about what we, we, the CDC did like 44 tests this week in America. The, in South Korea, I think, conducted like at least two, two, 2,000. This is unacceptable. They are playing politics with our lives. And so just to, just to shut up and just start getting into this, I want to read this article. It comes from the uh, Minds Unleashed. They put this up March 7th, and it says, All hospital beds in the U.S. will be filled by May 8th, according to the analysis. And this is said by Dr. Liz Speck, the Ph.D. in biology and the Associate Director of Science and Technology for the Good Food Institute, She's laid out her concerns in a lengthy tweet thread on Friday, and I'll read that here. And basically what it talks about is just not the, not the breakdown of civilization or the healthcare system, but it just speaks to a lot of those uh, conditions that we're not thinking about. People are still kind of stuck on whether or not this virus is real, you know, what's going on, is this going to hurt me, uh, is this going to hurt my grandma, is this going to hurt my dogs, you know, can I vacation still? While people are worried about superficial things, people like Dr. Liz Specht, breaks down uh, what happens when we do politicize these types of events and we don't take corrective measures, you see. And so I'm just going to read to you what she's saying. And if you guys want to read this too, uh, it's very lengthy. I may not get to it all, but let's just get into it. Uh, she put this up March 7th. It says, let's conservatively assume that there are roughly 2,000 current cases in the U.S. today, March 6th. This is about eight times the number confirmed lab-diagnosed cases. We know that there is a substantial number due to the lack of test kits. I'll address the implications of that later on. She says, we can expect, the, we can expect that we'll continue to see a doubling of cases every six days. Here I mean actual cases. Confirmed cases may appear to rise faster in the short term due to new test kit rollouts. We're looking at about 1 million U.S. cases by the end of April Two million by May 5th and 4 million by May 11th and so on. Exponentials are hard to grasp, but this is how they go. As the healthcare system begins to saturate under this caseload, it will become increasingly hard to detect, track, and contain new transmission cases. In absence of extreme interventions, this likely won't slow until hitting neg greater than 1% of susceptible population. What does a caseload of this size mean for the healthcare system? We'll example in just two factors, hospital beds, masks among many, many other things that will be impacted. The U.S. has about 2.8 uh, hospital beds per 1,000 people. With a population of 330 million, this is roughly 1 million beds. At any given time, 65% of those beds are already occupied. That leaves about 330,000 beds available nationwide. Let's trust Italy's numbers and assume that about 10% of the cases are serious enough to require hospitalization. Before I continue reading on, you should, have, you, you should know that the doctors coming out of Italy are saying we are being overwhelmed. This is even after them quarantining their population. On Sunday, when I did the episode with Lori, they had just initiated quarantine. A couple of days later, that was 25% of their population at the time on Sunday. A couple of days later, they, entire, they, they quarantined the entire area. They, they, they quarantined Italy. And this is a few days later, okay? So just keep all these, these numbers in mind. She's just trying to run these numbers with the numbers and the information that was given at that time. Continuing on. Just keep in mind that for many patients, hospitalization lasts for weeks. In other words, turnover would be very slow. 
as beds fill with COVID-19 patients. By this estimate, by May 18th, all hospital beds in the U.S. will be filled. This says nothing, of course, about whether the beds are suitable for isolation of patients with a highly infectious virus. If we're wrong, by a factor of two regarding the fraction of severe cases, that only changes the timeline of the bed saturation by six days in either direction. If 20% of the cases require hospitalization, we run out of beds around May, tw- May 2nd. If only 5% of the cases require it, we can make it until about May 14th. 2.5 gets us to May 20th. This, of course, assumes that there is no uptick in demands for beds from other non-COVID-19-related cases, uh, which seems like a dubious assumption. As healthcare systems become increasingly burdened and pharmaceutical shortages, etc., people with chronic conditions that are normally well-managed will find themselves slipping into severe states of medical distress requiring intensive care and hospitalization. But let's ignore that for now. Like, I, I, hope, I hope you guys are gradually starting to get the picture of what's going on and why this, this, this lazy, slack response we're seeing in government is very dangerous because what's going to end up happening is instead of us trying to stop the curve from happening, we're just going to be chasing this curve. If drastic, and this is the crazy part about it. That's why Tedros Ghebreyesus, the, 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 the secretary general of the world health organization praised uh, president Xi Jinping of China for the draconian measures that they enacted over there. We don't want those draconian measures here, but it's because again, we're not doing the plugging play. We're not looking at the numbers. We're thinking America won't be inf- infected, but here, let me continue on. It says, all right, so that's the beds. Now for masks, feds say that we have a national stockpile of 12 million of 12 million in five masks and 30 million surgical masks, which are not ideal, but they're better than nothing. There are about 18 million or 18 million healthcare workers in the U S let's assume only 6 million healthcare workers are given are working on any given day. This is an unlikely estimate as most people work days, most of the week. But again, I'm playing conservative of every return. As COVID-19 cases saturate virtually every state and country, which seems likely to happen any day now, it will soon be irresponsible for all healthcare workers to not wear a mask. These healthcare workers would burn through N59 stockpiles in two days if each healthcare worker was only given one mask per day. I'll say that one more time. As COVID-19 cases saturate virtually every state and country, which seems likely to happen any day now, it will soon be irresponsible for all healthcare workers to not wear a mask. These healthcare workers would burn through the N95 stockpile in two days if each healthcare worker only got one mask per day. One per day would neither be sanitary nor pragmatic, though this is indeed what we saw in Wuhan with healthcare workers collapsing on their shift from dehydration because they were trying to avoid changing their uh, their PPE suits as they could as they cannot be reused how quickly could we ramp up productions of new masks well just last week uh i remember talking about president vice president uh, mike pence going to 3m saying hey we're going to need you to make a couple hundred thousand of these every month and it's because of this situation right here they've got to ship it out and we'll talk about it later on in the segment, too. But uh, 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 New York Governor Andrew Cuomo developing their own hand sanitizer. We, it got bad responses on the page, but I think that's a good thing. Uh, but continuing on, getting back into this, how quickly could we ramp up productions of new masks? Not very fast at all. The vast majority of manufactured overseas, almost all in China, even when manufactured here in the U.S., the raw materials are predominantly from overseas. Again, predominantly from China. Keep in mind that all countries globally will be going through the same exact crisis and shortages 
simultaneously. We cannot force trade in our, fer- in our favor. Now consider how these two factors, beds and masks, shortages, compound on each other's severity. Full hospitals plus full masks plus healthcare wor- workers running around between beds without proper PE, proper PPE. It's a very bad mix. Healthcare workers are already getting infected even with access to full PPP, PPE. In the face of the PPE limitations this severe, it's only a matter of time. Healthcare workers will start dropping from workforce for weeks at a time, leading to a shortage of workers that then further compound both issues above. We can we could go on and on about the thousands of factors, the number of ventilators, or even simple things like saline drip bags, but you see where this is going. Importantly, I cannot stress this enough. Even if I'm wrong, even very wrong about core assumptions like percentage of the severe cases and the current case drop, it only changes the timeline by days or weeks. This is how exponential growth in, in, in an immunologi- immunologically naive population works. Unserve, uh, undeserved panic does not do any good. Neither does ill-informed complacency. It is wrong to, ass- to assuage the public by saying only 2% will die. People are adequately grasping the national and the global system- systemic burden wrought by the swift moving of a disease. She goes on to say that I'm an engineer. This is what my mind does all day. I run back of the envelope calculations to try to estimate out of order magnitude impacts. I have a high alarm about this disease since January 19th after reading clinical indicators in the first papers among emerging in Wuhan. Nothing in the last six weeks has dampened my alarm to the slightest. To the contrary, we're seeing abject refusal of many countries to adequately respond or repair. Or, of course, some of these estimates will be wrong, even substantially wrong. But I have no reason to think that these are out of order magnitude wrong. Even if, even if your personal risk of death is very, very low, don't mock decisions like canceling events or closing workplaces as undue panic. These measures are the bare minimum we should be doing to try to shift the peak, to slow the rise in cases so that the healthcare systems are less overwhelmed. Each day that we delay an extra case is a big win for the healthcare system. And so I'm, I'm going to stop there if you guys want to learn more about it. Because, but you get the point. I hope you guys get the point. That's how we're starting this segment. Thank you, Dr. Jennifer Speck. You're not going to hear people talking about that because that's way too much truth. That scares the hell out of me. Forgive my language. That's people thinking like this. That's what I'm telling you. People are not uh, equipped with the mental faculties to process, break down, analyze, project, and predict this. They don't want to. They're trying to say this is a hoax because what they do know scares the hell out of them. And they don't want to scare people, so they want to downplay it. I can't do that here. The same, they, the same way that we get up over here and talk about all this other crazy stuff, I can't do that to you. I'm looking at right now. Uh, that little sticky note I had where we had 60 U.S. cases, and we're pushing 1,000 now. I made a joke about, uh, this week about how what's going to happen when we reach, reach 5,000 cases? Are people still going to say it's a hoax? This is very dangerous. But I don't have time to sit up over here and, 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 and do this with people. Moving on to, to make you more aware of the severity of the situation right here. China threatens to withhold all medical exports. The United States will fall into the hell of a coronavirus outbreak epidemic. And we've been talking about this since the entirety of this. We learned that 80 plus percent of our pharmaceuticals are manufactured in China. China. And coronavirus Chan has them held hostage. If we don't get any antivirals, antibiotics, 
in if we oh my god i went over the list of just random stuff that would be affected by this this week and i'll put that link for you guys in the description bar below it's nuts if we <laughs> this is the problem with globalization this is the problem with the trade war. This this stuff is nuts. I digress. Let me let, let me get in this article. We put this up March tenth. It comes from Daisy Luther over there at the Sons of Liberty Media. And it says, as China allegedly conquers the spread of the COVID nineteen outbreak that began in Wuhan, it appears that they right back that they are right back to considering the United States as an enemy. On Xinhua Net, the Communist Party's news outlet, they threatened to withhold all medical experts to the U.S. At the same time, asking for a, quote, apology from the U.S. and, quote, gratitude from the from the rest of the world. This comes at the most crucial point of an outbreak that originated in their own country. Xinhua Net is the biggest news agency in China and very, quote, influential. The outlet is the official state-run press agency, so anything found on the website is straight from the communist government. An article titled, quote, The World Should Thank China which was published on March 4th, March 4th, covered the outbreak of COVID-19 in the United States. The article suggests that the U.S. data is suspicious because all cases of the coronavirus must be confirmed by the CDC. I can't disagree with them that our numbers are questionable. It shows a photograph of people praying in the White House under praying in the White House after meeting with Trump. Very, very crazy. Xinhua uh, News Net goes on to tout that the control they have taken over the outbreak, saying that Trump admires their handling of the crisis and that this, quote, remarks came from the bottom of his heart. At the same time, Net criticized the U.S.'s perceived mistreatment of China, setting the travel ban and the evacuation of American citizens from Wuhan, the heart of the outbreak. This caused, according to Net, other countries to isolate China from the rest of the world, causing them economic harm. A translated version of the article says this. These practices in the United States are very unkind. They can be described as falling into the ground and killing people where they are ill. And now it is believed that China has contained the outbreak and they're back to business as usual. They may want to exact some kind of vengeance for this unkindness. And, of course, this remains the question. Do they even currently possess the capability to manufacture these medical products or is this all a way to save face because their workforce is decimated and the virus is actually not contained at all? How did China threaten the U.S.? In the article, China suggests that they could easily get even more or they could easily get even with the United States for their perceived mistreatment of China during the outbreak by cutting off medical supplies while we are in the midst of our own outbreak. If China retaliates against the United States at this time, in addition to announcing a travel ban on the United States, it will also it will also announce strategic control over me medical products and ban exports to the United States. Then the United States will be caught in the ocean of a new crown virus. According to the U.S. CDC officials, most masks in the United States are made in China and imported from China. If China bans the exports of these masks to the United States, the China, the, then the United States will fall into the mass shortage and the, ma and the most basic measure to prevent the new crown virus can't do it. So you get the point. That's just if they were if they <laughs> withhold masks. That's just if they withhold masks. Just say, hey, no, we're we're not going to give you masks. We're not going to let you guys be able to protect yourself. This is the problem with globalization. We don't produce anything here. We ain't making jack squat. We're only making trouble. You see. So again, just keep this type of stuff in mind. This next article I'm going to bring up to you guys is hopefully, you know, adds a little bit of levity to the situation. 
a lot of people ended up liking it this week simply because of what it's talking about. But right here, MIT scientists claims that the coronavirus is a deep state fraud. Says that the hysteria is being fueled to manipulate financial markets. This is, again, what they mean by the trade war. This is put up by Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. They put this up March 10th. It says MIT scientist Shiva Ayodurai claims that the coronavirus fear-mongering is a deep state fraud to manipulate financial markets. Ayodurai, who is noted for his controversial claim to be the inventor of email, has a PhD in biological engineering and is running as a Republican in the 2020 U.S. Senate election in Massachusetts. Responded to President Donald Trump's claims that the Democrats and the media are responsible for, for inflaming the coronavirus scare, quote, far beyond what the facts would warrant. Ayodurai agreed that the panic was being overblown for political and economic reasons. I would have to agree, quote, as an MIT PhD in biological engineering who studies and does research nearly every day on the immune system, the coronavirus fear mongering by the deep state will go down in history as one of the biggest frauds to manipulate economies, suppress dissent and push mandated vet medicine, tweeted Ayodurai. Indeed, no matter the true scale of the crisis, there's little doubt that the Democrats have seized upon it to blame Trump for the recent stock market crash, almost to the point of cheering on the chaos. While Trump has been blasted for leaving the United States ill-prepared to deal with a potential pandemic with just 5,000 people in the U.S. being tested for the virus, others have asserted that the crisis has been hijacked by Trump's political adversaries to blame him unfairly. Whether one treats the, the outbreak as a significant threat to the world or an overhyped hysteria does appear to be breakdown, does appear to break down along partisan lines. A Reuters Ipso poll released last week found that Democrats are twice as likely as Republicans to say that the virus poses an imminent threat. I could care less about the politics of it. Whether or not you're prepared is up to you. But to stick to what Dr. Ayurveda said, really understanding that this is being pushed for so many different things. Again, that's what I'm trying to explain. There's more to this virus than just the disease itself. This is socioeconomic implications, the sociopolitical ramifications, uh, putting a country on lockdown, putting the world on lockdown. Again, just to kind of counter what uh, what the good doctor is saying right there, Doctor Shiva, MIT, Doctor Shiva, Shiva Ayurveda. He he's not wrong and he's not right. That's the crazy thing because what I have to say is the flu did not shut down over 440 trade shows and exhibitions. The flu did not shut down Coachella, South by Southwest, Ultra Fest, the NBA for an entire entire season and more. Hell, herpes didn't even shut down Coachella last year. So why is the coronavirus so important? What is going on with this disease? You know, earlier this week, there was a UK lab that was beginning to offer people like $4,000 plus dollars, uh, to inject people <laughs> with, uh, with the coronavirus. They're like, hey, guess what? If, you, if you're a broke millennial like myself, right, <laughs> you need some extra cash, you kids want to earn some extra cash, how about you come up over here to the UK? We'll give you $4,000. You just shoot this coronavirus in, in your body and let us observe you. You know, we'll, 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 we'll watch you. We'll pay for your whole trip. We'll pay for your whole uh, treatment. It's like, well, what happens if they actually contract the coronavirus? Can you get it out of them or the $4,000? Is that what your life is worth? <laughs> so is it a deep state fraud? You know, will we become guinea pigs? I don't know. 
I don't know. And this is all stuff that's going around the world before we get to here to America. Because check this out right here. Moscow has gone on high alert, threatens five years in jail for breaking self-quarantine. Shucks, I even had to ask a question earlier this week. What happens whenever self-quarantine becomes forced quarantine? Whenever you're going through self-isolation, right? What is forced isolation? We put this up March 9th. It's from the Activist Post. It says, though Russia... Though, though Russia thus far hasn't been as hard as hit as other countries with 17 now confirmed out of population of 100 uh, out of a population of uh, 145 million among those likely are some initially evacuated from the epicenter of the Wuhan province China authorities are not taking any chances enacting extreme measures to prevent the spread the city government of Moscow has as of Sunday imposed a high alert regime of mandatory self-quarantine for those that have recently visited foreign countries with an infected population. The penalty for such designated citizens if they leave their homes and break the quarantine is up to five years in jail, Moscow City Hall has threatened. Authorities are reportedly even going as far as set up as going as far as to set up a closed a CCTZ camera in place of self-isolation in order to monitor conformity. Monitor conformity. Over the past two days, over the two-day period of the last Friday through Saturday, Russian health authorities announced a total of 10 new cases, taking the number to 17, three of whom have now reportedly recovered. Most of the recent cases have traveled, to, uh, traveled in Italy. Currently, there are hundreds if not thousands across the country who have been ordered in a quarantine. So far, there's nothing to suggest that city authorities have actually, as of yet, handed down any legal or jail penalties related to the coronavirus crisis or if they would follow through with it should someone break self-quarantine. Last month, however, 88 foreign nationals were deported over breaking quarantine protocols. Return visitors from highly impacted countries will be especially monitored. That's what Reuters reports. Those who return from China, South Korea, Iran, France, Germany, Italy, and Spain, and other states showing possible unfavorable signs of a coronavirus should self-isolate themselves at home for 14 days, Moscow City Hall has said. The Moscow Health Department said on Sunday that those disregarding the, re- the regulation risked severe punishment, including imprisonment up to five years. That's right. Imagine that five years, five years. So how long are we going to be dealing with this is my real question. Do you get me? And so this is just, it's, it's really crazy to see all this stuff unfold. So Moscow is giving people five years if they break quarantine as Italy has extended its quarantine to the entire country. Let's bring you the uh, latest from Italy. This is the Italian Prime Minister Giuseppe Conti uh, speaking. We are just hearing that uh, Prime Minister Conti saying that uh, there will no longer be this red zone uh, in the north of the country. All of Italy is now going to be under the same condition. All of Italy now, in effect, quarantined. Prime Minister Conti saying people should not move other than for work and emergencies. Uh, That means that uh, the whole country is affecting in lockdown. He says all public gatherings will be banned. Now, I'm not being very clear there what he defines by a public gathering, whether that includes uh, restaurants and shops and things like that. Uh, No numbers on that yet, but we'll uh, monitor very closely uh, what the Prime Minister is saying there. He says uh, 
Honest Scott is also uh, saying the uh, right behaviour for people now is to stay at home. And this is covering the whole of Italy. The whole of Italy now, now uh, declared a red zone. People being advised to stay at home. All public gatherings banned. Uh, and this after this comes on the day that Italy reported an increase in coronavirus cases of over 1,700. So even more draconian measures introduced there, announced there, uh, by Italy's Prime Minister and doing it live, as you can see there, in a press conference after yesterday's extension of the quarantine zone in the north leaked early and uh, many people are thought to have uh, been able to get out of those quarantine zones. Well, they, they, if they stayed in Italy, they're not out of them now. The whole of the country declared a red zone. Uh, more on that as we hear from Italy's Prime Minister. All of Italy declared a red zone. No travel. In, out, through, around. Nope. No travel. I just want to play this video real quick. This happened, I think, like a couple days before or like the day of. Yeah, like, yeah, like a day before there were outbreaks or there was people breaking out of prisons in Italy. Uh, audio listeners, you can't see it clearly because you're listening, but... What I'm playing right now is a video that comes from uh, Summit.News, Paul Joseph Watson, and basically it's of a jail, at least 20 different inmates breaking out of a jail in Foggia uh, as riots erupted at 27 different Italian prisons nationwide in response to the coronavirus outbreak. Nationwide, people were freaking out because they did not want to be stuck inside of these prisons. They understand that it's, it's, it's transmissible even through the air. If you share even a cell because of the circulated air that's inside of that whole prison, some people are going to be exposed to it. So, yeah, people are breaking out. Another video I'm playing for you guys real quick here, too, is of these Italians being told to stay indoors via loudspeakers as a car driving down the street. Just telling people, stay inside, stay inside. This also, again, comes from Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. Why don't you think they want us to talk about it? Here we go. Invita la cittadinanza a restare in casa e ad uscire solo per approvvigionamento alimentare o farmaceutico, nel rispetto delle norme anticontagio, e cioè con mascherine per proteggersi. And for our audio listeners, or for our video listeners, if you're wondering why it's in Chinese, uh, some people have said that it's in Chinese because the Chinese are running this drill along with the cover up. I'm not sure uh, they're speaking in Italian, but I think they converted it to Chinese just so they could see what other countries were doing. Uh, it says Italians are being told to stay inside unless they need to buy medicines by health authorities patrolling neighborhoods with loudspeakers as the coronavirus quarantine begins to take hold. This comes literally a week or so after, a week or two maybe, after them talking about uh, uh the pasta shelves being empty. I remember playing a clip for you guys of fights breaking out in supermarkets. Uh, an older gentleman saying that there wasn't this much chaos even in World War II. The pasta shelves are gone. Marona he's worried about things that are happening. And then this week, the whole of Italy goes into quarantine. So I just talked to you guys about what's going on in the UK, what's going on in Moscow, what's going on uh, in Italy, right? America is not isolated from this event. I think people need to understand that. America is not isolated from this. I, as much as people want to think, oh, you know, it's a hoax, or oh, you know, I don't got to worry about this. You know, 
I'm American. That's very elitist of us. It's very ignorant of us. It's very dangerous, that whole thought process. Uh, because the realist talk of it all is we're still learning the lethality. We are, we are the history of this disease. We're learning how, how, how crazy it is. Before I play this quick clip for you guys, this is of, this, this clip from renowned Johns Hopkins surgeon, Martin Mark McRae, talking about what happened in Wukong and how that could happen here. Before I play that clip for you guys, I want to read uh, this post that we put up before we came on to the air. It comes from STHF Plants by Max Lava. They put this up March 12th. It says the important differences and similarities between the COVID-19 and the flu. It says the coronavirus is not exactly like the flu, although both have similar symptoms. But the differences are important, as are the similarities. Some of the symptoms of both the seasonal flu and the coronaviruses are aches and pains, sore throat, and a fever. These can also be symptoms of the common cold. They also may feel similar to those suffering from, from their symptoms, but it's also important to note that the coronavirus is not the same as the seasonal flu. Experts stressed Wednesday. The COVID-19, the illness caused by the novel coronavirus, provides de it proves deadly in around 3.5% of confirmed cases. While this, not, while this is not as the same as the mortality rate, given many people may not be infected but not realize it, it is significantly higher than the seasonal flu, which is typically kills 0.1% of all patients. Quote, there is still considerable uncertainty around the fatality rates of the COVID-19, and it likely varies depending on the quality of the local health care, said Francois Ballot, uh, professor of, comp of computational science biology at the University College of London, according to Science Alert. Quote, that said, it is around 2% on average, which is about 20 times higher than the seasonal flu lineages currently in circulation. Hospitals could easily become overwhelmed with coronavirus patients, especially if several million people ended up contracting the virus, especially considering it's much easier to get the coronavirus than the flu. Disease experts estimate that each COVID-19 sufferer infects between two to three others. That's a reproduction rate of up to twice as high as the seasonal flu, which typically infects 1.3 people for each patient. It's making containment difficult, and testing for the virus hasn't been up to par, according to health experts. What is similar, however, is important to note, too. You can both prevent both viruses by improving your hand washing, boosting your immune system, and wearing a face mask if you are infected. Masks can be up to 80% effective if worn correctly. Avoid getting sick and taking the appropriate measures to ensure your immune system is in decent shape. That includes cutting back on alcohol and nicotine and getting a good night's sleep. Eating right can also help your immune system. That's what I'm going to be doing with you guys in the coming days is breaking down uh, just different lifestyle changes that you can make to get your health back. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but setting aside some time where we actually do it. Now, that's the difference between the COVID-19 and the flu because people want to say it's, it, it's not like the flu. Don't worry. You're right. It's worse than the flu. It's stronger than the flu. You could catch it easier than the flu. You're right. You're right. But the crazy thing is, is this particular strain is man-made and it's also evolving. We have a series of protocols, vaccines, antivirals, and antibiotics to help stifle the flu. We're learning how to deal with this beast today. Now, let me play for you guys this quick clip of, again, Dr. Martin Marquette talking about what happened in Wuhan and how that can happen here. Let's listen. 
I am concerned about what, what you know, we saw over the weekend on cable news. A lot of legacy pundits talking about their opinions. Look, we've got some data now that we've got to act on. We need to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And what we know is that China and Iran have not been straightforward. Those numbers are not reliable. We have talked to doctors over there, and they say their hospitals have been overrun. But Italy and South Korea have been very transparent. And what we're seeing over there right now is that they've taken drastic measures. And even with that, the hospitals in northern Italy right now are overrun. We've seen a doubling of cases and deaths nearly every one to three days. And although we've been under testing, we've seen a tenfold increase in the last 10 days. And uh, that's not even really, uh, with, you know, with testing everybody. So, um, look, I, I don't like the idea of talking about contingency plans, but we've got to start making these plans. We've got to get restaurants to get into the d delivery business right now. We've got to brace for a three-month problem because, you know what? What happened in Wuhan could happen here. Why do we think otherwise? So you think, are, are we not doing enough at this point in terms of making sure schools are closed, making sure people don't, that they're working from home, not going to work? What's your thought? Yeah, we, we need to tell people right now to stop all non-essential travel. I feel strongly about that. Uh, simply saying that high-risk people should not take cruises is not enough. Yeah. I am concerned about what, what, you know, we saw. Yeah, there's a whole lot of different factors with this, uh, with this virus. And the kind of lax response we're seeing is actually dangerous. Like I said before, if we don't start doing, uh, if we're not proactive in our response, we're just going to be chasing the curve, trying to hopefully whittle this thing down. That's why I asked the question of how long are we going to be dealing with this? Is it one to three months, three to five months? How long? will we be dealing with this? And so I just want to jump back to something that caused a lot of stir this weekend. A lot of, uh, a lot of crazy stuff happened this weekend, simply for putting this uh, controversial post up. It got me messages. It got me emails. It got me a lot of crazy things that I didn't want to really break down and talk about. But right here, here's what's coming to America as the coronavirus spreads. Medical martial law. Now, a lot of people didn't want to talk about this, and I just have to say this because this is kind of how a lot of this work goes. We are usually a week or two ahead of time before a lot of people. It's like that with the news. It's like that with our analysis. It's just how, how this goes. Sad part. Sad truth. It's just how this is. And so when we posted this, people were like, oh, you're fear-mongering. Oh, this, this page is nothing. Oh, this page has become just like the mainstream media, blah, 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 blah. Insert whatever makes you feel good because I'm the bad guy. Okay. The work that we do, we just look straight into the abyss. We tell you the truth. We don't really care if you like it or not. We're just doing the forecasting and projecting. When I'm telling you that what you saw in China in some way, shape, or form is going to come here. Don't worry. I'm going to get to the New York activating its National Guard to combat the coronavirus. I'm going to be talking about medical martial law, putting troops on the streets. I'm going to be talking about this stuff. But when I posted this last week, it's like I, it, it's like I, 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 I whizzed in people's cereals. You know, it's like I became, uh, it's, it's like I became uh, Hussein. Well, I don't know what's his name. I'm trying to think of like the, the terrorist guy. Uh, but you, you get what I'm trying, trying to say. I became such a bad person for talking about this that I borderline just wanted to shut the comments down just so people could read. And that's the truth. 
Whenever people are confronted with this type of information, the, the easiest thing they can do is shut down, deny, deny, deny. I don't want to hear these things, even though I can see it. You guys tune into the work to the, to the, to the episode and the work we do all the time. There's nothing different from this. That's just crazy because we're in these days. Let me get in this. We put this up March 6th. It was originally published by Mike Adams over there at natural news. And it says now that the CDC has invoked its quote rule by secrecy mode by hiding coronavirus testing numbers in order to deceive America. It is abundantly obvious that the coronavirus outbreak in America is going to be used to invoke medical martial law. There are already thousands of infections across America that have not yet been tested, all by design, of course, as the CDC withheld testing kits from hospitals and local health officials across the country. By our best estimates, there are currently 5,000 and 10,000 infections in America, mostly along the West Coast, Seattle and Northern California, with outbreaks taking place in New York City, Miami, Chicago, and other major cities. Right now, domestic air travel is spreading spreading the virus like crazy since it spreads during the asymptomatic phase when people don't even know that they're infected. There is currently no screenings of domestic air travelers and no domestic flight routes have been locked down. That was at the time. Trump recently said he's going to, he shut that down. Importantly, there importantly, the coronavirus has already broken containment in America and is now impossible to contain. It will impact every city in America. Here are a few of my predictions for where we're going with this. So buckle up and get ready because the coronavirus is coming to a city near you. And I say this, this was, this was put up five days ago. I'm out here in New Mexico. We now have cases. One, hospitals will be overrun in regions of America. Two, entire cities in America will be placed under quarantine lockdown status. Three, school closures will become commonplace. Four, over the coming week, there will be tens of thousands of infections confirmed in America, or tens of infections in America, like 10, 20, 30, 40, tens of infections confirmed in America. Uh, Five, within 30 days, if lab testing is allowed to take place, you will see hundreds of coronavirus infections confirmed in America. Six, within 90 days, if the labs are legitimately trying to test everyone they can, you will see thousands of coronavirus infections confirmed in America. By June, in other words, there will be thousands of confirmed infections in America and possibly over 10,000 by that time. Seven, unless there's a miracle intervention, eventually the number of coronavirus infections Infections confirmed in America will see will exceed 100,000. This is mathematically inevitable, especially with the widespread negligence, incompetence, and even criminal maliciousness of federal agencies that are right now telling Americans to not prepare. The federal government, of course, may never allow these numbers to see the light of day since the CDC and the Trump administration now appear to be modeling their response after the Communist Party. Eight, restrictions on domestic air travel are restrictions on domestic air travel, armed highway checkpoints. Once the quarantine begins, you will see armed roadside checkpoints and domestic air travel restrictions put in place. America will become a medical police state. Now, when I talked about that last last week, when I posted that, you guys go read it for yourself. I'm not going to waste time. Uh, I'm not going to waste time on it. But I, I, I really upset a lot of people by, by posting that. And I don't... Uh, that's just the sad truth of the matter. And then this week, we're hearing how other states are going underneath emergency. We're, we're hearing it gradually begin to set in. Just really think about what's happening. We've been covering this for almost, uh, basically since my birthday, since, in, since the end of January. And now, March 6th, 
Now, on Friday, six days ago, we're like a week behind, Trump decided to sign the coronavirus bill. Yeah. So this is what I mean by the, the, the lackadaisical response. So we're signing the 8.3 billion dollars. I'm asking two and a half, and I got eight point three. And I'll take it. And so I'm not gonna sit up over here and waste a lot of time watching Trump sign something and then showing it off because he's super proud. Okay, we're not we're not that type of show. Thank you for signing that. I asked a question earlier this week. Why were we held hostage for $8.3 billion? Why are Americans' lives being jeopardized because this guy's not getting the money that he wants? I didn't see President Xi Jinping sign anything. Uh, I didn't see Italy's prime minister sign anything. I didn't see uh, uh, the prime minister of Australia sign anything. Why did America have to sign an $8.3 billion basically stimulus package to respond to this? What's going to happen over this time period within that $8.3 billion? Uh, million do- billion dollars being spent. Just yesterday, uh, Trump announced financial breaks for people with small uh, within the SBA, the Small Business Alliance, um, workers' comp for people who are working in the health field, all kinds of different things like that as well. Uh, what happens if businesses shut down for two to three months? So very, very interesting to see that happen. But again, that's what I mean by the socioeconomic, sociopolitical things that are taking place because of this. This is nuts, dude. This is nuts. So when it, when when Dr. Martin Marquet says that what happened in Wuhan could happen here, we're trying to make sure we take the steps so that that does not happen. It's already gradually happening, but we're trying to make sure that the steps are taken so that it doesn't happen. But continuing on with AmeriQuarantine and how the coronavirus has hit the shores of America right here. And we briefly talked about this in a variation last week. It says that there are border patrol agents being provided respirators. We, we talked about that two weeks ago uh, about border patrol being provided respirators to deal with Chinese migrants this week. This comes from Zero Hedge. This week, we're hearing how the Pentagon is deploying troops to the California border to block the surge of possibly infected migrants. That's right. We have we're, we're, California border. We're talking. I'm talking about Texas border. You got to think about it. The immigration invasion is still going on. What was going on with the with the the, the migrants in Turkey and Greece? That's still real. The wave after wave of people that are coming here. That's still real. You know, let me get into this article. We put this up March 9th. It's from Zero Hedge. It says the Pentagon is sending 160 soldiers to California's border with Mexico in order to assist Border Patrol agents resist an anticipated surge in migrants if the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals strikes down micro protection uh, protection protocols, according to Breitbart. Approximately 60,000 migrants have been returned to Mexico prior to their U.S. asylum hearings through the MPP program, which is aimed at preventing migrants from obtaining work in the United States, according to the, according to the report. Some of the 30,000 migrants waiting in, in Mexico rushed for the border February 28th when the court declared the MPP program to be illegal. The court then quickly put a, put a stay on its decision to block the MPP until March 12th, 
pending any any Supreme Court intervention. The California-based court also has decided to allow the MPP program to operate in Texas. Officials at the Department of Justice have asked the Supreme Court to extend the delay. Trump administration officials added that the troops could help prevent the migration of people carrying diseases such as coronavirus. On Friday, the Washington Examiner reported that the U.S. border officials have blocked hundreds of foreigners from entering the country at land ports of entry along the, along the Canadian and Mexican borders, according to a senior Homeland Security official. Quote, we've turned away people on both borders, hundreds of them, in total during the course of the last month, were under 1,000, but you're in the hundreds to give, your ball, to give you a ballpark uh, sense, said Deputy Secretary of DHS Ken Cuccinelli. It goes on to say that Customs and Border Protection officials say that their duty is to, quote, secure our nation's borders and measures such as the Crisis Response Force employment allow CBP to do just that based on the pending MPP decision. Concerned, continued concerns of large groups attempting to forcibly enter through ports of entries and COVID-19 containment and mitigation concerns, CBBP has activated the Crisis Response Force. So that's right, you have Border Patrol out there as well. What, what, I, I think I just have to kind of point this out. Kind of what we're, we're seeing happen in response to this is medical martial law. Varying different alphabet agencies given uh, more power and more money and more funding to do more extreme things that we are already kind of skeptical of. But a crisis like this just gives them everything they need. You know, like the archetypal thing, never let a good crisis go to waste, problem, reaction, solution. That's what this is. These institutions that are already here that kind of violate your civil liberties and are are, are not this. I don't want to say like constitutionally empowered, but you get what I'm trying to say. These institutions that are here are going to have even more power to do things uh, like snatch you, like detain you and disappear you. And so I find that very crazy, but you get the point. You get the point. And so that's this week. And again, I told you last week you had Washington, Florida, Los Angeles, Oregon declare either a state of emergency or a health of emergency. This is what's going on. There's a lot of different factors that are going on, but people just don't want to think. It's still a hoax. I've been hoaxing you this whole time, gang. Can't you tell? I've been hoaxing you the whole time. I'm just I'm just here to josh you. Don't you know? I'm just here to mess with you. Yeah, it's a hoax. It's a hoax as the state of Washington is about to undergo medical martial law to stop the virus from infecting 64,000 people by May. Warren's Governor Inslee, this is said by Mike Adams over there at Natural, Natural News. They put this up March 10th. It says, just as we've modeled and predicted, medical martial law is now being implemented across America to contain the spread of the coronavirus. As of this writing, there are now 804 confirmed infections across America, and the number is rising by 100 per day, which was also warned about two weeks ago, rather precisely. Earlier today, New York Governor Cuomo activated the National Guard to create a, quote, containment zone around an infected community there, New Rochelle. And now we're getting word that the Washington state, that Governor Inslee fully recognizes that unless they issue a mandatory quarantine order, there are up to 64,000 new coronavirus infections that will occur by May. This is unfolding exactly as we predicted, as we've been predicting in our model, quote, pandemic projection model. The spreadsheet, which can be downloaded. You guys, I'll put that in the description bar below. You can download it. By the end of next week, you can download the spreadsheet, plug and play numbers to kind of see where things are. 
I'm not really good at math, but I know that we have smarter people listening than myself. If you guys want to download that, I'll put that link in the description bar below. Try to see the numbers and see why there are certain precautions that need to be taken uh, in order, like shutting down the flights, shutting down schools, risking exposure and things like this, uh, cutting back travel, all these things that needs to take place so that the virus doesn't spread. It's very crazy. Continuing on, it says viacomonews.com. It says up to 64,000 people could be infected with the coronavirus in Washington state within two months if actions aren't taken now to spread it, Governor Inslee said on Tuesday. Although the number of confirmed cases is now 162, Inslee said experts believe that the actual number could be 1,000 or more at the present time. Quote, what the experts are telling us is that the number of people who are infected will double in anywhere from five to eight days unless we take some real action. The governor said at a morning news conference, quote, and if you do the math, it gets very disturbing. If it's 1,000 infections today in seven to eight weeks, there could be 64,000 people infected in the state of Washington if we don't somehow slow down this epidemic. And in the next week, it could be 120,000. And in the next week, a quarter of a million. We need to look forward and get ahead of the curve if Washington in Washington state, if we are going to stop this epidemic or seriously slow it down, we need to focus on what's coming, not what's here today. So when they say medical martial law, that means isolating certain areas. Uh, again, they're saying self-quarantine because when it hits forced quarantine, that's a completely different situation. They're really trying to gradually preempt people saying, hey, Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. It's going to get to a point to where enough states are in an emergency that you're going to have your rights robbed from you and you're just going to have to follow orders. That's what they mean by a medical police state, medical martial law, medical tyranny. And a virus like this gives them everything they need. So that's Washington State possibly going underneath a, 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 a state of emergency to help curb the infections. Massachusetts has just declared a state of emergency as well after 92 residents tested positive for the coronavirus. The number of reported cases has seen a significant uptick in the United States and in Massachusetts, and our state health officials are closely monitoring and tracing presumptive cases here. NEMA has been activated and is bringing together health, human service, public safety, and several other government agencies. And this working group is following the Department of Public Health's Infectious Disease Task Force that was stood up in January. Today, I'm declaring a state of emergency in Massachusetts. This declaration will give our administration more flexibility to respond to this evolving outbreak. The number of reported cases Crazy. has seen a significant uptick in the United States. Yeah. Crazy. Mayor, uh, Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker declared a state of emergency for the state on Tuesday. He said in a press conference that the declaration would give his government more flexibility or power, more flexibility to respond to this evolving outbreak. Massachusetts Health and Human Services Secretary Mary Lou Sutter said that the state has 51 presumptive positive cases of the coronavirus, bringing Massachusetts total number of confirmed or presumed positive cases to 92. So the coronavirus has hit America. I know people don't want to talk about it. People don't want to think about it. But the coronavirus has hit America. Something we need to talk about is what happens if it hits a major populated area. You know, I went over this briefly this week on the on the, the uh, Instagram live I did with you guys. 
Operation Gotham Shield, a exercise that was done by FEMA in 2017 where they tried to track a nuclear blast being detonated in Manhattan. I went over that this week on Instagram Live, but for some strange reason, I feel like I should bring it up here with Operation Gotham Shield, U.S. government to, quote, simulate a nuke blast over Manhattan. Now, the coronavirus is not a nuke blast, but it could have something of the same deadly effect. You see. And it's a tabletop exercise put together by FEMA. Consisting of law enforcement, military, chemical, biological units, all kinds of different things like that. To work in United States' foremost urban center, New Jersey, Manhattan, New Jersey. To simulate a nuke going off. What happens if FEMA has to take over? Keep this type of stuff in mind as we're just gradually, casually talking about medical martial law. Countries being or, or states being given power, all the crazy stuff that we're just we're just going on. Keep that in mind. If you want to know more about Operation Gotham Shield or my perspective on it in relation to this, go listen to the Instagram live I just did. It's on our our most uh, recent story on our feed, or go look into Operation Gotham Shield yourself. But keep all that stuff in mind because now, since we're over here in New York talking about this type of stuff, now you have New York making its own hand sanitizer. Produced by prison inmates. That's right. Slave labor is producing state-made hand sanitizer. Make your own hand sanitizer? Can you do that? You should be good. Open the curtain, please. We're introducing... New York State clean hand sanitizer made conveniently by the state of New York. This is a superior product to products now on the market. Uh, the uh, World Health Organization, CDC, all those people suggest 60% alcohol content. Purell, competitor to New York State Clean, 70% alcohol. This is 75%. Make your what you're seeing is New York Governor Andrew Cuomo save face after leaking a plan for mass graves being dug by prison labor. After activating the National Guard, what you're seeing right now is New York Governor Andrew Cuomo announcing Monday that the state will announce or that the state will begin producing its own hand sanitizer following reports. It has now surpassed Washington state in having the most cases nationwide for the coronavirus. The state total for coronavirus cases has hit 142, a 35% increase over the course of one day. The governor said that is just above Washington state's previous record of a high 141. Although New York has not, recorded any COVID-19 related deaths as of Monday afternoon. Cuomo held a press conference outlining tactics that the state government is taking to curb the spread of the illness. The Democratic governor pulled open a curtain to unveil dozens of bottles of NYS Clean, New York State Clean hand sanitizer, which he said will be distributed to schools, prisons, and government agencies across the state this week. <laughs> yeah, he, uh, 
He if, again, I'm just calling it like it is. He's trying to save face because just last week there was a, a crazy article that came out about mass graves being dug by prison labor, and then another article came out again this week about mass graves being bred by being being done by a uh, by prison labor. <laughs> And then again, just before coming on to the air with you guys, we put up an article right here from the Activist Post that talks about how the very same thing about how the New York City biological outbreak pandemic plans, including burying bodies in mass graves. Now, what I'm going to do instead is read you guys this quick article that talks about mass graves being being dug by prison labor because it's it's friggin nuts. And it's exactly what it sounds like. They're expecting some kind of epidemic to come through and take care of people. This isn't some tabletop exercise, right? This isn't Event 201. This isn't Jade Helm 15. This isn't UX 16, Operation Gotham Shield. This isn't that. This is happening live time. So they're having to basically create these plans in response to what they're seeing. Whatever information the government is getting, they're not sharing it with us. They're just gradually kind of, you know, trying to preempt it behind closed doors. Let me read you guys this article. It comes from Judge Report Feed. Uh, it says, New York prison labor prepares to dig graves. If New York City has a plague this year, there's a plan for, for its prisoners, not to protect them from infection in their tight quarters, but to use convicts to make New York State branded hand sanitizer. And if it comes to that, prisoners at Rikers to bury the dead. Governor Andrew Cuomo Monday, citing concerns about profiteers selling overpriced hand sanitizers, announced that Corecraft, a company that uses New York State prison labor, paid 16 cents and $1.14 an hour would be making 100,000 gallons of a week of New York-branded hand sanitizers. That's how much those prisoners are being paid. 16 cents to $1.14 an hour to make 500 gallons a week of hand sanitizers. In the city, the pandemic influenza surge plan for managing in and out of hospital deaths that the uh, hospital deaths that the New York City Office of Chief Medical Examiner released in 2018 details worst case plans for a mass infection and what would happen if the bodies started piling up. If the city's beefed up cadaver storage and crema cremation facilities were overwhelmed, bodies will be ferried to Hart Island and and desolate spit of land off the coast at the Bronx in Long Island sound that functions wow this this is crazy Long Island sound that functions as the city's pub, public cemetery prisoners from nearby Rikers Island will be brought in to dig graves for the corpses of the stricken it's a horribly horribly written article but you get the point and there are other posts that we've talked about uh that explain this as well they're really they're really, they're really planning for this i think that's the crazy that's the crazy part uh and I find myself just kind of in awe, really, trying to just casually talk about this, you know, as we're seeing all this, this, this National Guard and all this military activity to take place. You know, this is happening this week. Right. Just last week, again, and this comes from Mint Press News. It's by Alan McLeod. In case of a deadly coronavirus outbreak, New York plans to use prison labor to dig massive graves. Like, it, it, it is crazy. This is whenever they were only at 42 cases. It's increasing, and it's going to grow exponentially. This is becoming insane, increasingly crazy. It will panic the people, and it will cause veritable forms of destabilization. And now, now you have New York 
deploying the National Guard to combat the coronavirus. And I remember posting on it and talking about it briefly, about how uh, soldiers, modern soldiers, are actually being equipped with antibacterial fabric and uniforms and stuff like that. Uh, but I'll read this and I'll play for you guys a quick clip. We put this up March 10th. It's from End Times Headlines by Ricky Scaparo. And here we are. We're, we're, we're casually talking about quarantining cities, quarantining areas, disappearing people, FEMA camps, martial law, all this stuff. Let me get into this article. It says New York, New Jersey has reported its first COVID-19 related death. A 69-year-old man from Bergen County as New York unveils its most stringent measures yet to combat the surge in coronavirus in Westchester County. The New Jersey man hasn't been identified, but health officials said he has underlying conditions, including emphysema, hypertension, and diabetes. He has no travel nexus to high-risk countries, but did work in New York. He, initiated, he initially survived one cardiac arrest, but went into cardiac arrest for a second time Tuesday, because that's how the virus works. It gets, you, uh, it gets your lungs first, and if you get past it this, the first time, it comes back a second time and comes after your heart. Very, very deadly. He's among the now 15 presumptive positive cases in the Garden State. Quote, our prayers are with the families during this difficult time, Governor Phil Murphy and Lieutenant Governor Sheila Oliver said in a joint statement. Quote, we remain vigilant to doing all we can across all levels of government to protect the people of New Jersey. CDC Director testifies. So CDC Director Dr. Robert Redfield, MD, testified in front of the House of Appropriations Subcommittee on Labor, Health, and Human Services education and related agencies to discuss the response to both New Jersey and New York having declared a state of emergency. In New York, Governor Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, announced the most rigorous actions to date to combat the spread in New Rochelle, which he described as the most significant cluster in the country and accounts for the lion's share of the surgical case of the surging caseload in the tri-state area. Those measures include deploying National Guard troops to a health department command post and setting up a satellite testing facility and a one-mile, two-week containment area in the city. Public schools in that containment zone will be closed through March 25th. National Guard troops will help clean surfaces and deliver food in that one-mile area. As of Tuesday, Westchester County has seen 108 confirmed COVID-19 cases. That's 59% of all tri-state cases. So think about that. One mile. Two-week containment area. Public schools will be closed. National Guards are going to help clean surfaces and deliver food. Can they do that to all areas of the country? Is this what our military should be doing? What is going on? This is crazy. I want to play for you guys a, real, a, a quick video New York governor calls in the National Guard and orders a containment zone for the coronavirus. I can't help but think of Tom Clancy's The Division. I can't help but think of Contagion, The Strain. I can't help think of just a bad sci-fi movie where if you give the military like control, shit's going to hit the fan and they're not going to relinquish control back to the civilians. It's going to be like a, a it's going to be like a completely different day and age. I can't help but think of anything, like nothing good is going to come from this. I think that's what I'm like. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get around to say. It trips me out uh, the days that we are in. I just want to read a little bit of this, and then I'll play. I'll play for you guys the video. 
This comes from Max Lavo over there, SHTF plan. We put this up March 11th. Says the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, has not only called in the National Guard, but has ordered a containment zone set up for those infected with the coronavirus. While the mainstream media isn't using the term quarantine, it sure paints a similar picture. Cuomo said he is accepting a recommendation to shut down a one-mile radius in New Rochelle because of the uh, Rochester County because of the coronavirus outbreak. He has called on the National Guard to help in the in the effort. Uh, to curb the outbreak. Oh, this is crazy. This is crazy. Here, let's just play the clip and we'll go from there. Good evening, and it's great to have you with us here on this Tuesday night. And we begin with the coronavirus emergency. Tonight, the first containment zone here in America, the New York governor imposing restrictions on a community just outside New York City, linked to the largest cluster of cases in the country, calling it a matter of life and death. The containment zone shutting down schools and major gathering places within a one-mile radius in the New York suburb of New Rochelle. At the center of the zone, this synagogue, where dozens were exposed by a lawyer who remains in critical condition tonight. His wife now sharing her husband's struggle to find out that he was sick with the coronavirus. She says it took days for him to be tested after asking doctors at a hospital what was wrong with him. Tonight, across this country, there are at least 808 confirmed cases in 37 states and the District of Columbia, and 29 people have now died, two more just today. ABC's Whit Johnson leads us off tonight with the race to stop the spread, to save lives, and the battle over getting tests to everyone that should have them, with the National Guard now moving in in that community. Whit leads us off. Tonight, New York ordering the first containment zone in the U.S., with the number of infections in the state soaring to at least 173. The governor sending the National Guard to New Rochelle, a suburban hotspot north of Manhattan. It is a dramatic action. This is literally a matter of uh, life and death. That zone of containment consisting of a one-mile radius around the Young Israel Synagogue where dozens of people were exposed by that infected attorney. Schools and buildings that hold large gatherings will shut down for two weeks. Most businesses and grocery stores will remain open. People will be allowed to enter and leave. You're not containing people, it's facilities. The wife of Lawrence Garbus, that attorney who was the first in the area to get the virus, releasing a statement saying, as many have asked, of course he went to the doctor and did so many times. No one figured it out, and it even took the hospital days to figure it out. This was all new, adding, please pray for those who are positive who have had high fevers and suffered from this. Among the new cases statewide, two school bus drivers testing positive. Officials say they're now notifying parents. They transport between them approximately 80 students on uh, various, on several routes. A Barclays employee who worked on their trading floor contracting the virus. Today, neighboring New Jersey reporting its first death, a 69-year-old man with underlying medical conditions. That state is also where 32-year-old physician's assistant James Kai is hospitalized. Kai describing himself as previously healthy, but the virus is taking a heavy toll. Half of my lung is already pneumonia, not working, only half. So I don't know how, how much longer I have to keep my lung working. The spread leading dozens of schools and colleges to suspend in-person classes, including Amherst, San Francisco State, and Ohio State University. Today, Harvard announcing it will begin transitioning to online instruction. Just outside Dallas, a father, his wife, and three-year-old have tested positive. The three-year-old uh, gives us a little more concern than, than uh, you know, the father who's healthy in his late 30s, but 
but we're praying for a quick recovery there too. A man in his 30s in Anoka County, Minnesota, reportedly sought medical care on March 3rd. He was evaluated and released tonight in critical condition after being diagnosed with the virus. Jesus. Good Lord. And so I hope you guys are gradually beginning to see that while this may be a hoax, while this may be a false flag, and, and we talk about it here on the show all the time, there are real people that die in false flags. Even though these guys are trying to exact an agenda, it's still our lives that, we're, that, that, that are being played with. I don't think people really get that. And I think when we, 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 we marginalize it, when we say, oh, you know, it's just a hoax. This is just, you know, we, we, this is just to push the vaccine agenda. Yes, we get that. But I really don't think people in, in, inherently understand the threat. And so whenever we're not having like conscious conversation about proactive ways to, to counter this message, right? When we're not trying to tell people to prepare in their own personal lives, they're only going to look to the government as a solution. If we don't start coming up with uh, conscious protocols, again, conscious solutions, uh, pro, pro, proactive uh, precautions and all kinds of different things, they're going to run to the default person that is provided them the answer. So, yes, people have every reason to be worried, but at the same time, how do we preempt uh, uh, this chaos? I think a real question that a lot of people are beginning to ask themselves, and they should, is quarantine or constitution? Is it constitutionally right to, to, to quarantine America? Is that American? We're, we're, we're at this point, and I said this uh, this weekend and earlier this week, it's the same thing with the immigration invasion and the mass migration, the same way that you see these people calling for the border and calling for the wall to stop all this stuff. I've not done that. I've just said I'd ask for a pathway to citizenship. The same way that you see people calling for the wall and calling for the border, they're going to call for more of these draconian measures. They're going to call for the mass quarantines. They're going to call for mass vaccinations. They're going to call for de uh, uh, deporting people. They're going to call for border patrol running through the streets, seeing who's, who's, who's legal and not. That's why this is such a precarious topic. That's why this is extremely controversial. And people running around saying it's a hoax, uh, downplaying it, you're not looking at the dimensions. I understand that. You're worried. You're scared. You've got the key. It's, it, it's all about mandated vaccine. I, I hear you. We get that. We understand that. But what else is there? This is not just a simple one, two, three. Again, it's not just the virus that we should be worried about. There's more to this virus than just the disease itself. Uh, but here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into following the money. What's going on with this virus? We, we're, we're aware that Bill Gates is involved. We're aware that now $8 billion has been in, injected into this, this conversation. Uh, people are beginning to politicize the events. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna talk about that. I know people want us to get into the 5G connection because they've seen some memes pop around and they want our analysis on it we've got to see more evidence of that pop up. When we take, when we come back, we're going to be talking about following the money. Uh, is Bill Gates funding this home testing kits? Is that part of a larger plan? Are there other environmental factors involved here? You know, why are the feds quarantining money? We're going to be getting into this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this.
Salutations, my friends. Have you heard of Shilajit? Well, to be quite honest, neither had I. But then I started doing some research and I found out that it was part of the Hindu Ayurvedic system of medicine. And for hundreds of years since its discovery, it's had the potential to help people live a healthy and balanced life. Here, let me read off some of the benefits for you guys. It increases your energy, boosts your libido, balances your mood, supports healthy aging, decalcifies your pineal gland, and we all understand how important that is, supports healthy brain health, uh, it also helps regulate your hormones. There are so many benefits to taking this that I cannot put them in this single video. You can mix it in with tea. Uh, I like to mix it in with my pre-workout in the morning. And be careful. It's going to give you that boost. It's going to give you that energetic boost you need to get through your day. And remember, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noisera, Freedom Faction, out. Final segment. I feel like I should let you guys know that I wanted to take a, a I wanted to take like two breaks. Like I wanted to take a break. I wanted to finish because these episodes are getting so long and we only take two breaks. I understand that people don't have like a, a, a an attention span for that time period. I get that. And so I wanted to take a, 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 a separate break in that middle segment but I wasn't sure kind of how to, how to do it. So, and I didn't want to make it like a trend thing either. I wanted to, with America quarantine, I wanted to look at the foreign responses in the first half. And then the second half, look at the domestic issues that we were, the, the domestic response. Uh, and if episodes like this end up becoming this lengthy and this information packed in the future, we may be taking uh, additional breaks because I don't want to just be chattering your ears off. I don't want you guys to get lost in conversation. I don't want you guys to say, Oh my God, the frick's happening. I want you to really pay attention. So if we have these long episodes, this is me kind of letting you guys know that in the future, if we have these comprehensive transmissions, I'm going to throw another break in, uh, to give your, to give your mind a break, dude. Like I get how it goes to give your mind a break, put on some music, you know, just really digest what it is you're hearing. I get this stuff as heady. Uh, I try to make it as, as 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 cohesive and cogent as possible. I really try to be your friend because I understand how dire things are. Uh, but in this segment, as we follow the money, I just have like a few questions, man. You know, as always, 
Uh, like, why are we offering people $4,500 or $4, to be human guinea pigs? You know, why is Bill Gates running around offering people uh, test kits? Uh, why are we hearing about the, why are we hearing about, you know, mutations and things taking place? Uh, why are we hearing about economic impacts in relation to a virus? Like, there's so many different things with this that I just have to ask these questions. I just have to. I would not be doing my due diligence by not asking these questions. You know, there's a lot of strange things that come with this. And I myself am trying to wrap my mind around it. But I think a good way for us to kind of get into this segment and topic and angle of the coronavirus is to break down how this would actually fit an agenda still, still in the vein of not treating this as a hoax, but looking at it in a deeper sense right here. World Health Organization urges people to go cashless because dirty banknotes can spread the virus. Dirty banknotes. Huh. This comes from activist post. They put this up March 4th. It says, following reports that Beijing had, quote, quarantined dirty cash, the World Health Organization warned on Monday that the virus could survive on banknotes potentially spreading COVID-19 within communities and across the world. To reduce the risk of being infected by the money, the NGO advised citizens in countries struggling with the outbreak to favor digital payments when possible. The Daily Telegraph noted that the World Health Organization is telling the public to avoid cash is hardly a surprise. Research has found that COVID-19 has been found to live on surfaces for as long as nine days. During the statement, a World Health Organization spokesman referenced a Bank of England study claiming that banknotes, quote, can carry bacteria or viruses and urge people to wash their hands. Other studies have shown that 90% of the U.S. $1 bills had bacteria present, and one Swiss study found that viruses had survived on the face of Swiss francs for days. Yeah, the one thing that you're for sure going to find on American money is cocaine. So they want to try to <laughs> so they want to try to stop <laughs> transfers of notes happening because uh, for sure you don't want to contract it this way. And what's crazy too is uh, Tom Clancy's The Division actually opens up like that that a shadowy organization was working in the in the background trying to supplant this viral epidemic that shuts down the entire world and they and it actually opens up by them putting a little dropper of from some unknown vial with some unknown chemical on a $20 bill. And then that $20 bill being introduced into the circulation and then entering into banks and then exchanging different hands. And then as viral outbreaks uh, uh, begin to consume the world, varying members of Tom Clancy's division from the JTF, the Joint Task Force, uh, they become activated because they've been given vaccines that make them you know, resistant to this type of, this type of deal. But I digress. What I'm trying to say is the, 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 the actual virus in Tom Clancy's The Division starts through the spread of money. So when, you're, when I'm saying follow the money, it's not that far off. You see. Again, another, another angle to look at is this right here. Federal Reserve to quarantine dollars from Asia on COVID-19 transmission concerns. So again, keep that in mind. People knew that this could be a delivery method. Why would they quarantine cash from Asia? What notes are coming from Asia? 
you see, like, do, 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 do you get what I'm saying? There's so many different vector points with this because it could live on that surface for nine days. Some people aren't even showing symptoms. They can show symptoms as early as five days. The numbers that we're getting out of China, we can't trust. Some people are saying that you're asymptomatic for at least 14 days. That's why the quarantine takes place for 28 days. But again, the cash being a vector point of it, <laughs> nobody would know. All the more reason as to how this serves the agenda for the technocracy and for the cashless society. I'm going to read a little bit of this and I'll get into my main argument uh, in this segment. This is uh, from Zero Hedge. They put this up March 6th. It says, following reports that Beijing had quarantined dirty cash, the Federal Reserve is now doing the same out of the fear that dollars in circulation from Asia could contain COVID-19, reports Reuters. A Fed spokesperson told Reuters on Friday that quarantining physical dollars that it repatriates from Asia before recirculating them in the U.S. financial financial system has begun. The new precautionary method is to limit the transmission of the virus in the U.S. The spokesperson said that the federal regional bank system with 12 total branches across the country will help manage money supply coming from Asia and quarantine dollars for upwards of 10 days before recirculation. There were no specifics on how the dollars would be sanitized. Bear in mind that even before the COVID-19 outbreaks, a 2014 study by the researchers at New York University identified 3,000 types of bacteria <laughs> on dollar bills due to how widely and frequently they changed hands. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Like you'll, you'll, You will find traces of cocaine <laughs> on American dollars. The World Health Organization warned Monday that the virus could survive on banknotes, potentially spreading the virus within communities and across the world. <laughs> I, just, I just have to laugh. Not about the virus, but about cocaine being on dollars. <laughs> it's like, there is no clean dollar. If it's not been in a strip club, it's been you know shoved places that it shouldn't. So, <laughs> it's just, and I know this is this is serious. Like this is legitimately serious. But you get the point. There is something going on with our money, and it benefits someone else. But if you guys need me to quarantine your dollars, I can definitely do so. If you want me to hold on to those and make sure that they're sanitized, I can definitely take care of that for you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I will for sure get that done for you. <laughs> uh, but uh, back to the back to the news, uh, back to what's really going on. Earlier this week, speaking of transmissions and things like things like this, Washington State is. Uh, Debating going underneath a state of emergency, Oregon's underneath a state of emergency, or at least a public health crisis, right? Early this week, since we're talking about Seattle and Washington, that whole area, early this week, Bill Gates sent out test kits or is beginning to send down test kits to people within the Seattle area. I can't help but think that there's got to be some kind of nefarious aspect to this. Why would the man who's given money to this virus, who's helped create this virus, who's helped engineer the spread of this virus, why in God's name would this man send out these home test kits? You know, that's how, how it works. That's how you get extra funding. You got to look like you're compassionate. You have to seem like you're a philanthropist, like you care about people, like you're doing this out of the kindness of your hearts. Why would Bill Gates send out these test home kits, these home test kits? Is it like DNA and me? Or, or, or Ancestry.com, 23andMe? Is it like these types of things where he creates his own uh, archive for people's medical information? Like, my God, if Facebook said, hey, we're going to send out 
if you like if Facebook had like a little app on their phone and was like, hey, tap this if you have coronavirus, we'll send you a test kit, people would freak the frig out. So why are we not freaking out about Bill Gates doing the very same thing? Let me get in this article. We put this up March 9th from Sign of the Times. It says, is Bill Gates's new is Bill Gates funded program to offer home testing kits for coronavirus part of a larger plan? And I'm just going to play this this uh, this video clip from Watch News as I read this article. It says testing for the for the novel coronavirus in Seattle in the Seattle area will get a huge boost in the coming weeks as a project funded by Bill Gates and his foundation begins offering home testing kits that will allow people who fear that they may be infected to swab their noses and send the samples back for analysis. Results or results which should be available in one or two days, will be shared with local health officials who will notify those who test positive. Via online forms, infected people can answer questions about their movements and contacts, making it easier for health officials to locate others who may need to be tested or quarantined, as well as to track the virus's spread and identify possible hotspots. The goal is to eventually to be the, the, the goal is to eventually be able to help process thousands of tests a day said Scott Dowell, a leader of the coronavirus response at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The project is ramping up as quickly as possible, but it is not clear exactly when it will launch, he added. Among other things, software needs to be upgraded to handle the expected crush of uh, the expected rush of requests and a detailed questionnaire finalized for people who require tests. Quote, although there's a lot to be worked out, this has enormous potential to turn the tide of the epidemic, Dowell said. While public health, Seattle and King County, has confirmed 71 cases and 15 deaths as of Saturday, modeling by Trevor Bedford, a computational biologist at Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center, estimated on Wednesday that the actual number of cases in the Seattle area was about 600. Unchecked, that could theoretically increase to 12,000 cases and possibly go possibly as many as 30,000 by the end of March. According to projections from Mike Familiar at the Institute for Disease Modeling in, in Bellevue, but steps to slow the transmission can, can significantly reduce the number of new infections, underscoring the importance of acting quickly to protect people from the virus. The new effort aims to leverage the formidable resources and expertise of the Gates Foundation, known for fighting disease and epidemics around the globe, to assist local health agencies struggling to keep up with the fast-moving virus. The Seattle area has emerged as the epicenter for, of the new disease with far more cases and deaths than any other U.S. city. Quote, one of the most important things from our perspective, having watched and worked with others parts in others and parts of the world, is the identification of people who are positive for the virus so they can be safely isolated and cared for, uh, and the identification of their contacts who can then be quarantined, Dow said. But testing has been limited until now, leaving many people frustrated and frightened. Last week, a laboratory at UW Medicine got approval to begin processing specimens collected by physicians and other healthcare providers. The Gates-funded project will reduce the need for sick people to visit a doctor's office or a clinic, lowering the chances of exposing others. Which is where I have to start right there. That's my main issue. How are people, again, because of how this thing transfer, it is airborne. What happens if you go into one of these hospitals the same way with the Diamond Princess cruise ships and all these other cruises? You can't quarantine a cruise ship because the air is circulating on the actual ship itself. Therefore, the people who are on those cruises are being exposed to the coronavirus and they themselves could contract it. So is the same thing happening in hospitals? Is there a specific separate wing that is dealing with these types of infectious patients? That's why we're saying that this is more lethal than the flu. 
Because if it gets you the first time, you can get over it. The second time it's coming for your heart. So how is this part of a larger agenda? Well, accompanied with this post, I have uh, this next article that comes from World Truth TV. Gates Foundation leading the way in eugenics depopulation plan to rid the world of humans. Bill Gates says that to depopulate an overcrowded world, 350 people must be killed each day via vaccines. And in the very same post, another slide that I have attached to it is how Bill Gates funded the Perbright Institute, which owns a patent on coronavirus, and the CDC owns the strain isolated from humans. So already we're talking about the mutations that are occurring. Could it be that Bill Gates is using this uh, outbreak, this crisis, this epidemic to begin to get people's DNA, see how certain populations are affected by different strains of the coronavirus? Because we're already in like the, the, the second or the third or the fourth mutation of this. That's how crazy this thing is. Is it attacks specific populations a little bit more deadly than others? We're aware that it has uh, detrimental effects detrimental and adverse effects to people with uh, Asian heritage in their blood. So then you've got to ask the question, why is Iran being afflicted so much? Why is Italy having an out, an out, uh, uh, an outbreak in cases because of how it mutates the gain of function capability that it has, that it can transform, that there are other strains to it. Do you see That's why this is a beast. That's why this isn't like the flu. That's why people are still trying to wrap their heads around it. So how, how is Bill Gates involved? Because he has rights to the strain. Because problem, reaction, solution. Event 201. It was the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation that was there back in October of, of last year helping take part in the development of this, of, of this. You see, you have to understand that the corrupt vaccine industry has the motive to stage a massive false flag outbreak to demand nationwide vaccine mandates. That's their plan. That's their goal. You see, they cannot move forward with their agenda without doing so, without debilitating us. Think about it. There are protests all over the countries that are all over the world that are being afflicted by this. This serves so many agendas. It has so many hallmark figures and finger points on it. It is disgusting. I've got to ask the question, is this the chemtrail flu? You know, there are, just, just real quick, this isn't really following the money. I just kind of want to talk about it. It's just something to think about. There were x-rays that came out from victims that suffered from the COVID-19 virus, right? In a, in a, in a, it attacks their upper respiratory tract. It attacks their lungs. I can't help but think, you know, is this the chemtrail flu? Is that the 5G connection? Is Bill Gates over here monitoring us, uh, seeing what happens to people who are afflicted by the chemtrail virus, by the chemtrail flu, by 5G sickness and things like this right here? Just look at some of these, these, these x-rays. There's spots all over people's lungs. One of the descriptions I read there, it says it's like breathing through, through, through uh, sandpaper. Terrifying damage in the lungs of COVID-19 victims. You know, it, it, it's crazy and it's attacking people. So I've got to ask the question again, is this just the chemtrail flu? If it's coming out of China, you know, we know they have horrible working conditions there, horrible environmental standards. Uh, people chain smoke like chimneys. You know, is, is, is it just that? 
Who really knows? Because at the end of the day, it's a combination of things. It truly is a monster. We are looking at something that is never before seen. This is man-made for a reason, and it's devastating things. We're just in the beginning phases of this, too. Like, this is just now starting. That's the craziest part. This is just, this is just now starting, right? I want to play for you guys real quick uh, an update, basically, from Tedros Cabreas, the World Health Secretary, the World Health Organization's uh, Secretary General, and how he's talked about, again, really trying to raise the alarm bell on the coronavirus and how it actually is like a global pandemic. Uh, earlier this week, he made an announcement talking about just the, the lethality of this virus, how some cases have increased like 13 by 13 uh, uh, percent or thir- t- times 13. It's crazy. I'm going to let him explain himself and then I'll read this article from Common Dreams. Uh, like I said, this is from World Health Organization's Director General Tedros Cabreus. We put this up March 11th. Let's take a listen. There are now more than 118,000 cases in 114 countries and 4,291 people have lost their lives. Thousands more are fighting for their lives in hospitals. In the days and weeks ahead, we expect to see the number of cases, the number of deaths, and the number of affected countries climb even higher. WHO has been assessing this outbreak around the clock and we're deeply concerned both by the alarming levels of spread and severity and by the alarming levels of inaction. We have therefore made, there are now more than 118,000. Yeah, I'd say that's a good way to put it, the alarming levels of inaction. And so I kind of want to start closing this segment out since we're following following the money. I want to put it into perspective for people. Just following the money. I said this earlier this week. Who stands to gain from this crazy epidemic? The telecom industries. That's why you see the NBA saying, look, we're going to shut down all games for the rest of the seasons, but we'll stream them. We may stream them. Events are being shut down, but we may stream then. You may not be able to go, but we'll stream it. The, 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 the telecom industries will stand to gain and benefit and be put in even more of a position of power because of this. They have to maintain communications. Facebook has to stay up. Twitter has to stay up. YouTube has to stay up. Wikipedia has to stay up. Google has to stay up. All these places have to stay up in order to maintain information. But again, all non-essential travel, things like basketball games, soccer games, football games, hockey games, Stuff like that, that's done. That's old world order stuff. You've really got to start thinking about the socioeconomic and the socio-political reformation, the paradigm shift. I mean, good Lord, think about it. You had Greta Thunberg saying you haven't seen anything yet, trying to shut down all the air travel and all the other traffic that's going on with this. If you don't think the environmentalists are watching the world's response and trying to figure out how to trigger it for their own ends, a future uh, uh, future mutations, future agendas, future crises, you don't know what you're playing with. That's why I'm telling you it's like 12 monkeys. 
when you're going to get environmentalists using diseases to try to like cripple humanity. It's, it's nuts, but I digress. I'm ranting. I want to read you guys. I just want to fire off a few events that have been killed uh, because of the coronavirus. I've told you already that they've closed South by Southwest, UltraFest, uh, 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 South by Southwest, UltraFest, Coachella, uh, other, other events, over 440 trade shows events. You've got to think about what that's going to do not only to the, to the, the local economy, to that state's economy, and then to the nation's economy. Flights, like airplane lines, are running ghost flights because they can't not fly. You've got to think about, like, the bubble that we're already on and how that's a very shady place to be on and how something that even hiccups us for 30 days, two months, three months, how, how, how it's going to be very hard to bounce back from that. So here, let me read you guys just this little compilation of current events that have been canceled Sports matches are the most common type of events being canceled and or postponed across Asia, Europe, and the Americas. Second are the concerts and festivals. One of the most high-profile events postponed this week has been the Coachella Valley Music Festival and Arts in, in, Indo, in Indio, California. Organizers moved the April 10th to April 12th dates to October 9th. Uh, and, and 16th, in hopes that the virus crisis developing in the U.S. would subside in the next six months. Organizers are pulling the plug on conferences, auto shows, film production, and even political events. Yeah, the, the, the Council on Foreign Affairs did not meet. They were supposed to meet about how to do business underneath a coronavirus outbreak, but could not meet because one of the members got the coronavirus outbreak. That, to me, sends the symbol of there will be no business being done during this time period. I'll say that again. For two months, business isn't being done. A month, business isn't being done. People really should, again, follow the money. Yeah, for sure, pay attention to the crisis, but what's going to happen if the entire world goes into a shutdown? Let me read to you again some of these concerts. You know, because we pay attention to that, right? I got time to go to concerts. Mariah Carey, DJ Khaled, uh, Stormzy, Green Day, Avril Lavigne, Madonna, Pearl Jam, Miley Cyrus, and Zach Brown. Conferences that are going to be uh, over with. South by Southwest, Tucson Festival of Books. Google canceled its I.O. developer event. Uh, the New York International Auto Show. The Mobile World Conf Congress. Game Developers Conference. Google News Initiative Global Summit. Uh, the Associate for South... Associate of Southeast Asian Nations, Shopify canceled its annual developer conference for virus issues, Seattle Emerald, Seattle's Emerald City Comic Con, TED 2020 in Vancouver, uh, the World Anti-Doping Agency Symposium, uh, as I said before, Coachella got canceled, UltraFest got canceled, Tomorrowland got canceled, St. Patrick's Day...